What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 60, The Podcast Locker, and I'm your host, Matt Carrione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? I'm fucking great. Great? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually having a really good day. Um, some money came in, and oh, yes. it's been a good day. It, yeah, uh, as of, at the time of this recording, uh, this morning uh, were the final hours of the Criterion Flash sale. Made so, it just in time. <laughs> and I got paid yesterday, so I took advantage. What did you... I mean, I'm sorry, listeners, if you, if you had no idea. Uh, what are you doing with your life? You're not on Twitter. Why are uh, you not following the Talk Film Society and yeah. reading our article about the essential Criterion discs? Yes. Uh, hello? We, we ha- <laughs> hello? 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 <laughs> hello? <laughs> we had insider information about when the Criterion sale was going to hit. You know, so we... It's we, all in who you know. <laughs> we, uh, and we know the best. So we, yeah, we had an essential Criterion's post. We posted that up the morning of the flash sale. And yeah, uh, what did you get during the flash sale, Matt? Oh, boy. Um, well, I got a uh, Orson Welles. I got the complete Mr. Arkadin, uh, which I've wanted for a long time. I uh, can never find it in stores, and I finally just bit the bullet and picked up that. I picked up Marlon Brando's One-Eyed Jacks. It's a Western that he directed. Um, I also got Peter Weir's The Last Wave. Um, I know very little about it, just that I love Peter Weir. So really looking forward to that. And I also got In Cold Blood because you reminded me of that movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- uh, thank David Fincher for releasing the trailer for his new TV show that looks very much like In Cold Blood. Uh, mm. he was, I'm sure he's very much influenced by that movie. And I, I hit checkout and I, and I thought, oh... I, I I didn't get in cold blood, so I'll, oh, I'll, shucks. I'll get that in July during the Barnes yeah. and Noble sale. But I managed to get uh, the Killers, which I talked about on this show months ago. I think uh, you did, yeah. Yeah, it's a double feature of the Ernest Hemingway, um, I think, short story. Oh, I thought it was a Criterion release of that Ashton Kutcher, Catherine Heigl vehicle. Nope, I'll get that in July as well. Okay, cool, the awesome. Barnes, <laughs> Barnes and Noble Great Criterion, criterion so. release. Uh, what else did I get? I also got uh, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, the, the other ones escaped me. I got two Steven more. Steven Soderbergh's Traffic. That's right. I got Traffic. That's right. You, you finally yeah. took my advice. Uh, I I'm, I'm, got I'm, something I suggested. <laughs> I'm actually buying that. Yes, on your suggestion. Also, I need it for prep for a future project uh, mm. I'm currently working on. Uh, but yeah, I uh, and I'm sure our guest, which who you know, we'll, we'll introduce in, in a bit. I'm sure he got something as well during the Criterion sale. So, so that was a good that 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 started the that started the day off well. I, I made that order. Yeah, that was uh, a good day in the morning, and then I just had like a hectic uh, afternoon running errands. Uh, just became a major headache. Uh, I, you know, I I have a a shitty modem, and I went to go buy a router for it. Okay. And apparently, the AT and T Uverse modem I have is not compatible with a lot of routers. So that's cool. Whatever. I'm kind of oh AT and T. I'm upset about that. So I'm having a beer. I'm trying to relax. Um, but I, <laughs> there are so many projects I'm behind on because I spent like three hours dealing with this bullcrap. So kill me. Luckily, hey, we're we're gonna have fun tonight. Yes, this, this is gonna be a good time. Uh, oh, and also, congrats to. 
Uh, best picture winner, La La Land, uh, for for womp, 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 womp. for tying the amount of Oscars won for a single film during a ceremony. It, I mean, I mean, we knew La La Land was going to be the winner for months. There's no surprise when they announced it. I mean, it's it was it's, Did, it was. An oh, I win. see. You turned it off. As yeah, as they no, announced the name. no. I mean, I turned it off. I turned off the internet. Oh, okay. uh, right. When the ceremony when when I assumed it ended, as soon as they announced it, I just turned it off. Turned off. Oh my yeah, phone, who didn't? I walked out of the room. Turned off my computer. This is the first time I'm back on the internet and back talking to people. So, well, I, mean, I got a story for you. What? Well, save that story for later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your heart's gonna rip in two, like oh, Ralph yeah. Wiggum. <laughs> That's good. That's that. I was gonna say that's good foreplay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's our foreplay, foreplay section of the show uh, done. You have been drinking. <laughs> I had like two sips. Uh, I'm a lightweight. Okay, two more sips. <laughs> so let us talk about. Oh, Matt, you're gonna reveal to the guests what we're gonna be discussing on the show. Oh yeah, let's take a walk down to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about um, what movies we're going to be talking about. Well, for the first few minutes, we're going to be scared the shit out of white people, as we should, at all times always. And then we're going to hang out in a basement, and then we're going to hang out with Jake Gyllenhaal in the desert, and then we're going to hang out with Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a weird guy. You might even say he's strange. And then we're going to hang out with Brian Singer and a couple mutants, uh... Yeah, and we're going to do that. Then we're going to hang out with Warren Beatty as he paints the town red in glorious cinematography. And then we're going to talk about some evil priests. That movie's depressing. Uh, <laughs> and then we're all going to hang out with the Tickle Monster for a little bit. I don't know what that movie's about, but hey, it'll be fun. And then we're going to hang out with number one sad boy, Casey Affleck, yet again. And then we're going to head off uh, and take down some bombs. Some roadside bombs. And then we're going to hang out and be entertained by Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott. And then we're going to hang out with uh, the lovely Marion Cotillard and her 9-11 denials. I, I mean, her and Brad Pitt with their, their marriage. And then we're going to hang out with Robert Redford in the 70s and have some good old spy thriller times. There you go. As always, listeners... Uh, we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> send in your, your at this point. Send, like fill out the 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 the, the uh, Matt's Riddle Corner questionnaire and, and send that into uh, our PO box and see if you got the answers right by the, by the end of the show. So yeah, you'll get a prize. Yeah. <laughs> you get a decoder ring. Yes, so you can decode this <laughs> ridiculous segment of ours. So Matt. We have a special guest this week. We, we have a guest that um, I've wanted on the show for a while, and for some reason, he just hasn't been on. He must be too cool for school. His name is Rocky Juarez. How are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. How you doing? I'm swell. Rocky, uh, it's great to meet you. I don't think I've ever talked to you before. Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> this is definitely a first. Um, I mean, I, I like first things. You know, Don't knock it until you try it. So I mean, here okay. I am on so, the podcast. I guess I should lay lay some pipe. Oh God, what is wrong with me tonight? <laughs> wow, you really have been drinking. Is, have you just taken two sips out of your sixth beer? What is wrong with you? <laughs> lay some pipe right now. So Rocky, of course, for listeners, <laughs> for listeners of of all the Talk from Society podcasts, he is my co-host on the Colorado Street podcast, uh, which is on hiatus. Hey, that that's all I'll say. I hope fingers crossed it'll make a, a huge comeback. But yeah, and of course he's been on. I think since the beginning, since episode one of the Talk from Society podcast back in 2014. So Rocky's been on a bunch. I, th- it, it's funny, Matt. You we had Rob out, Rob on uh, last week, and now Rocky. So in, in these two episodes have like 
the the people who've been on these podcasts the most, the, the yeah. Talk from Society podcast. So yeah, yeah, they're finally on this show. <laughs> Rocky, yeah. I mean, this is the fir- your this is the first time on. Hey, what you watching? So welcome. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. I'm so happy you're on. I guess. <laughs> you're, and of course, don't you want to, don't you want to hear about my criterions that yes, I got? Yes. Yeah. What the hell did you pick up, guy? <laughs> Yeah, um, I got three criterions. Uh, I got paid the very next day, not my tax return, but my uh, paper for my state job. So nice. I went ahead and dove in. I literally had like an hour left on that flash sale. So I yeah. got Watership Down, I got Ooh. La Haine, yes. and I got House. House. Um, all, all three of these films uh, mean a lot to me. I've definitely seen them quite a bit, but... You might as well get the blue. You might as well get the Criterion. You might as Hell well yeah. get all the dope special features. And, um, yeah, I just had to do it, especially Watership Down. I'm a huge um, fan of cartoons on Blu-ray. Like, anytime there's anything animated on blue, even stop yeah. motion, it's pretty much the only way to watch it as far as I'm concerned when you do it home theater style. And, yeah, um, yeah so I had to get Watership Down. Like, I, I kind of thumbed through the Criterion Collection really quick and I was like oh shit Watership Down I forgot they put that out and that was literally the first thing in the cart so um, yeah those are the three that I copped those are the three that I loved and I'm so glad Marcelo that you actually listened to me about uh, Latin Uh, I can never say it right because I'm not French but uh, I'm glad you got (laughs) hate man because that is a beautiful film that is one of the best um, black and white you know, again, it riffs on Scorsese quite a bit. I mean, let's just be frank. But in terms of camera work, but the uh, the film is beautiful. the 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 way it's shot, it just kicks my ass. It's it's an amazing story uh-huh. about just riots in Paris and youth versus police and hip hop bleeding into the ghetto of Paris, and it's just magic. There's a lot of stuff happening there that makes a whole lot of sense. And even if you're not into that universe or don't get it, it's so well told that you just get hooked. You just get sucked in. Um, Can't recommend it enough. So I'm glad you listened, dude, because that fucking story, that movie, just, it clicks. He's never topped it, uh, you know, the director, which is unfortunate. I'll have to uh, get this in July. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't sleep on it. it. It's worth worth a blind buy straight up. Like, I would sacrifice a toe. Like uh, for, yeah. for for that, but yeah, yeah I'm say, glad to um, listen. Uh, but yeah, no, go on. Sorry. No, that's all. I just I just had to compliment Marcelo for actually uh, taking my advice on that one because that's one of the special criterions. That's one of those like, oh, they put that on a criterion. Fuck yeah, because I imported it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like to get oh, to, nice. for the blue. Like I imported that motherfucker because I loved it so much, and uh, I'm so glad they put that damn thing out. That's basically it. Yeah, Matt, you should definitely pick that up. Okay, uh, fine. And do it. Listen to me for once. I will. I always listen to you. Christ. Oh, and also, no, not always. Uh, and well, also, most most times. And I'm just very happy you got traffic. This makes me very happy. Again, Soderbergh is one of the best. Uh, yeah, Soderbergh. I'm gonna Soderberg. be saying his name for a while in the next few months. Oh, that's a clue. So, and we should also say, Rocky, you're also a writer on TalkFromSociety.com. Damn right he is. Thank you uh, so much for doing that, Rocky, for for being part of. Because we, this is Wednesday. This past week has been amazing. Like, I, I like we're on fire. Bonkers I, is a good word to describe bonkers. it. Bonkers. <laughs> and oh yeah, uh, everyone's know. everyone's contributing. Right. Everyone's doing such a good job. Everyone's pulling their weight. 
Um, you let me do my stupid ideas and articles. You know, and you're very patient with me, and I'm, I'm they're not stupid that. ideas. Like, seriously, though. that's the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. They're like, legit. you know, I, I have a very self-deprecating sense of humor. You know, but like, I, I just want to basically. You know, contribute, you know, and help my friend, you know, because again, when you kickstarted this site, I was like, yes, good idea. And then when we're at the 11th hour and you needed like, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, to get it going, I was like, fuck that. We're getting this going. Like, here is that money. It's happening. Like, like, fuck that. Like, this site must happen because I know you give a shit, Marcelo, and I knew that the team you would get uh, assemble would be the shit. And the moment I heard Rob was coming, the moment I heard Matt was coming, I was like, dude, these guys are film that's all they do is, liter- is cinema literally they're, 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 is they're, all i do yeah <laughs> yeah and they're passionately going to bring it so it was a no-brainer like honestly and again I'm, I'm glad you let me write and i'm glad you let me come in there and do some shit because uh films are great and uh we have access to a lot of cool stuff which is you know the emphasis on colorado street but just in general if if we got canada covering it texas covering it dudes out in the east coast new jersey like that's the shit. That's like you know. That's a nice net. Hey, let's let's <laughs> you know, not hype just... up New Jersey. That much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like your your film passion is is there. You know what I'm saying? Even if the avenues that you know you can, you can't hit a theater like you'd like to, or like yeah. see things like rep screenings like you'd like to, that doesn't matter. You, your your film collection's bananas. Like I've seen the pictures. It's, it's, <laughs> and it is, I'm just it like, crazy. But I just had to it's order insane. another set it, of shelves. <clears throat> I know. And like, <laughs> have you counted how many you have, Matt? How many do you have? Not yet. I have not counted. I will count once I have all the shelves and everything is up on the shelves. <laughs> make us uh, make us press you, nice. don't you? But I have two shelves that I'm staring at right now that hold around I don't know six fifty each. Jesus Christ! I have an entire little Harry Potter closet underneath the stairs that ho- that is filled floor to ceiling. My and God! And now I'm going to have another shelving unit on the wall that I'm staring at now that holds about 500 or so. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't fuck with that. Right. That's it okay. is, I can't either. It is daunting. I mean, for me, like I have like two bookshelves. But what a time to be alive. I have two bookshelves yeah. of movies and one small one, so two and a half. And okay. I'm trying to like wean them down. I'm trying to like sell a few and not be overcome by it. But Matt, you're comfortable Well, that's with what that? we're doing. You are. <laughs> we are actually selling all of our doubles. Oh, good, good, yeah. And hey, listeners, uh, maybe Matt will give some away to you if you give us if you give us mm. if, you, if you give us user reviews on iTunes. Why don't you do that? Hey, yeah, give us a five star iTunes review, and the first three people to do that will get a free movie. How about there? That? You go, there you go. Let's bribe them. Do that. There we go. Yeah. Hey. No, but but it's it's a no brainer. Like you know, helping you guys, and even if I was on the outskirts of this and didn't like know you guys, like I'd be like, hey, these guys are nice, and yeah. they're writing about fun stuff. Do you mind if I write something for you? <laughs> you know, like I'd bug, I'd I bug you. I mean, Rocky, that was <laughs> a no-brainer. I, I listen. I, 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 I'm forever grateful for you helping us get to that goal. Uh, that night was great. It's like well, you're the man, man. Yeah, thank you, Rocky. Uh, and and like I have no problem, like like you writing for us. There's because you are a great writer, Rocky. I, I I was actually editing your Vulcan picks. Uh, and yeah, it's. I'll just say, like, I'm. I'm so happy that you're such a great person, Rocky, and also a great writer, and also somebody who's on the site. So we have so many. Thank you. We have so many people like that on the site. It makes me proud. It makes me happy. And we're and we're and this week especially, we're, it seems like we're gathering more and more great people like, each day. So 
Yes, and and again, that's why I'm so glad that you know you're very patient, especially with me trying to get Sydney on board because Sydney is the shit. Like that girl can write; she's super creative, funny as fuck, and I've known her for about six years now. Oh wow! And every because we work together at this Texas State job. Oh cool! And literally, when I first met her, started talking to her, it was a movie conversation. And I was just like, we're, we're kindred spirits. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, holy I thought, shit. I, I thought and, it was going to be like a dead zone situation where you, you touched her hand and you were like, one day you will write for Talk Room Society. <laughs> <laughs> if only. No, but um, maybe it'd be easier to, her, for her to contribute. <laughs> she's, such a, she's, she's always so busy. Like, that, that poor girl, she's always so busy. But um, she's a parent, like I am. You know what I mean? We both have kids and, you know, we both work in crazy jobs and odd hours. But anyway, my point is, is like, all of our conversations that we've ever had have gone on forever to the point where like, yo, I got to get to work because like, yeah. oh, we'll be here for, we'll be here forever. You know what I mean? Like talking about this badass movie, like, holy shit, you know? And so she's an awesome soul. And I'm so glad that we're, I'm finally getting her like in the fold, you know, writing for these tiny pieces where we all dogpile together. And again, we got a piece that we're working on that we're going to pitch to you guys soon. So yeah. I can't, I can't wait. And- like she's the best and uh, more ladies is kind of, the point of this rant is like you know I'm not saying the guys aren't doing good jobs but I like it diverse I like you know we need to split it up a bit you know and uh, I, w- I want the women to shine I want the women to whoop some ass yeah and for those for the listeners who want to know that's Sydney at Wild Palm City on Twitter so yes uh, she she made her TFS debut this past week so I'm happy about that two in one day yes yeah, two in one day and that was the shit that was great nod to Bill Paxton and some Criterion picks and uh yeah, what a day! What a, what day. a day! Yeah, and I, it's only Wednesday. It, I mean, I I am I am thrilled that that yeah I, I'm I guess that's what I, what I wanted to say. I'm I'm happy that this is going the way it's going. That it's I'm I'm having fun doing it. So thank you, Rocky, and also Matt. I mean, Matt, you do a lot. So thank you. Hey, that's too. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think we've gotten to know Rocky, right, Matt? Um, actually. <laughs> Actually, hold on one second. I have to go investigate something. I'll be right back. Oh. And then I actually have a question for Rocky. Okay, yeah. So uh, you, I'm, I'm not going to cut a, this. There, so. was, there was a weird noise outside. I want to see what the fuck that was. So I'm gonna, we're going to keep rolling. I'm going to talk to okay. Rocky for a bit. Okay. If you, if you hear my death, um, <laughs> call the local. It's going to be an exclusive live on air death on a podcast. So. Oh, boy. Good luck, Matt. So me and Rocky are going to be here. Rocky, um, so, so, so this is the part of the show where Matt says... He introduces a segment called uh, "Getting to Know You," where he asks people uh, questions about who they are, what films they've seen, like their favorite films. So, okay, let me ma- let me ask a question to you, Rocky. Um, and I always come up with these on the spot, and it's hard to do. Um, oh, he- here's one I was thinking of earlier. Since you're in Austin, for folks listening, yes, Rocky is is, is from Austin. Um, tell me about one of your favorites. Uh, draft house experiences. Uh, one of my favorite draft house experiences. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I recently wrote about it on the site. But um, one of the best was going to Caged Forever, which is the Nick Cage marathon. They play five Nick Cage films, and um, this was the fourth one that they had done, and I had missed all three prior. So I said, I'm going to go to the fourth one. That's all there is to it. I barely made it, by the way, because some family shit popped up. But at the last second, I'm talking the hour before the thing started, 
I got the okay to go. I ran out the door, ran to the draft house, and fucking Nick Cage showed up. Well, that was and terrifying. It was, and it oh, was uh, so nuts. Oh, was so, Nick so, Cage out there? <laughs> no, I had an uh, ice bucket that I was drying out on like, my patio, and it flew off a chair. I'm sure it's not windy out. That's weird. Okay, uh, that's cool. There's a legit ghost out there. But anyway, Rocky that's was cool. Rocky was talking about uh, caged. Oh, jealous. So yeah, so yeah, Rocky, no. you were close to not going, but then you eventually did go, and lo and behold, Nicholas Cage was there, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. And uh, I'll just say like two more things or three. Like he came out, everyone went crazy, and then he went straight into reading Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. And like, di- like he said, he kind of waved, hide everybody, grabbed a microphone, and read that whole thing. That's beautiful. And we were just, and, and at first, I'm not gonna lie, I was still, I guess, shocked that he was there. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck he was doing at first, <laughs> and, and 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 then it clicked, and then I was just like, this is happening. Like, this is like legit <laughs> this happening. Is this is th- th- this is a real memory I'm gonna have. Like, this is like fucking bananas, or until I get Alzheimer's and shit. But like, it was one of those things where. <laughs> It, it, it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, like, this is fucking happening. And we watched movies. I got to watch one of my favorite films. I put it on my Vulcan Picks. It was Bringing Out yes. the Dead, a 35-millimeter print of this beautiful, beautiful haunting film by Scorsese. And I was like, he's, like, in the fucking room. Like, we're watching Bringing Out the Dead with, like, you know, Nick Cage in the goddamn room. <laughs> and, you know, he, could, he couldn't have been more polite. He couldn't have been more sweet to everybody. I mean, I can't stress that enough. He wasn't there like, uh, this is like terrible. Uh, like he was happy to be there and he was super nice yeah. to all of us. And, and he even said that, you know, this is surreal that you guys do this and you guys got like a whole bunch of weird, you know, images and pictures and uh, this is funky, <laughs> but you know, um, our masks, you know, with my face on it and glasses with my face on it. Like this is like so odd, but, uh, it's, it's, it's touching and, yeah, and, and he thanked us profusely for supporting his stuff, and and um, it was really sweet. And you know that to answer your question, Marcelo, and I, I am cheating because I did you know write about it on the site. Um, it, that was the special special draft house like screening right there. That was just one of those like fucking top tier you know things that you know you, you can't fuck with. It was just one of those like. I don't know. Even if I wasn't a Nick Cage fan, I I would appreciate that moment because of how it happened. I mean, it's still amazing. You know, I mean, I am a fan. Duh. I mean, I got I got a Wild at Heart poster hanging up above my room. You know, and I even throw in Wild at Heart lyrics. You know, in my songs and shits because, like, you know, that that movie's the shit. And also, (laughs) Nick Cage performance in that is the shit. And that Snakeskin Jacket is the shit. So like, there's so much like there's so much to it. You know, so uh, seeing him come out, seeing him be so supportive. Uh, several of those were were prints, you know. Uh, it was just fucking amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then, um, I don't know. I've just had so many cool memories there. Some I can't even talk about. That's Ooh. that's what's so crazy because I'm not allowed to tell you what I saw. Let's just say the studios would get pissed off Ooh. if I if I let people know. So I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you kind of fill in the gaps. You know, maybe <laughs> you could maybe you could DM me, and I'll tell you. You know, but it's one of those things where. Um, uh, certain draft house uh, uh, like managers were leaving, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to do something special. Don't tell anybody what we're seeing." And then when it starts rolling, your head explodes. You know what I mean? It's one of those. But um, also, uh, Eric Vespi, who writes for Any Cool News, he also Love does him. like Quint. Yeah, Quint. He's a great soul. 
yeah, he's super super nice guy. You know, uh, he hosts birthday screenings. Yeah, and one of the fil- one of the films I'm talking about is one of those things that I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh, I think I know what that also, is. Yeah, but he's but he's also screened Jaws, which is one of his personal favorite films. So I, I got to see I, I saw that big because of him. Um, I saw Temple of Doom because of him in 35. You know, there's like there's some special treasure like things like that, and and Cargill does the same thing. Uh, writer of Doctor Strange and his own fantasy novels and stuff. Uh, another good guy, a uh, really genuine dork you know like he he's <laughs> wonderful like that you know uh he screened uh trick or treat which is crazy like in 35 uh, so you know you, you get really cool things just by being in the know and just being respectful to the to the film community and so those are some of my favorite draft house experiences yeah. man like just those those souls that care those souls that own prints you know of these fucking movies <laughs> like they actually own the goddamn print you know and it's just crazy they'll just come up with it and you're like why is this happening and i'm happy this is happening ah. and and for, you know, for listeners out there who want to hear stories like that uh check out Colorado street podcast <laughs> and also uh maybe future episodes so see that's a glimpse of of of, of what it, what it's like to live near the draft house i'm sorry matt <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, Matt. Okay, so I, I asked my question for getting to know you. Did you have one question? For I had Rocky? one question for uh, Rocky. Uh, you said you had picked up Watership Down on the uh, Criterion sale. Yes. Uh, it's no secret that Criterion has precious few animated films uh, in the collection. Uh, they basically have that and uh, Forbidden Planet, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, what would you like to see added to the collection? I mean, I know back in the Laserdisc days they had Akira, but uh, what do you think should be added to the Criterion Collection from an animation standpoint? I, I would seriously, like, cut off a limb if they would do Rock and Rule. And that's what is, another what is pick this? It's, it's something I put on my Vulcan staff picks. I want to say the second or first or second post, I can't remember. But it's basically a film that came out of Canada and uh, it's an animated feature, um, beautifully animated. It, it looks like, um, I take it y'all have seen Heavy Metal? Yeah. Right? Nope. I've seen most okay, of it, yeah. Okay. Nope. Okay, so he- Heavy Metal is based on the fantasy uh, magazine where it's sci-fi fantasy combined. And okay. it's very adult. It's very adult. And, you know, there's, there's boobs, there's sex, there's violence. But it's very well drawn and very well articulated and... Artists like Mobius uh, are, are, are showcased there, who did a lot of storyboards for Alien and things like that. So anyway, Rock and Roll looks like one of those segments in heavy metal, but a full-length feature. And another thing that make, makes it special is it got no love in the distribution um, world. So whenever it hit theaters, it went nowhere. The motherfucker tanked. And it only found its life on VHS. And I guess Laserdiscs uh, don't confirm... I, I'm not a Laserdisc junkie, so I'm not too sure if it got a release there. But my point is, the home video world absorbed it and loved it. And it's borderline adult. I would say it's like PG-13. Like a, a, a very hard PG-13. Almost an R. Uh, but why I love it so much is like... It's got a really cool story, and it's called Rock and Roll for a legit reason because the performances in it are driven by true rock and roll artists. You got Cheap Trick, Blondie, Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 
um, fucking Lou Reed, uh, Iggy Pop, like all these artists got together and contributed to the soundtrack, and they really drive it forward. And the songs are like good, you know. They're not just like put in there for the for the for the film to to elevate it, which they are, but they're actually catchy on their own. Like you can fucking rock that album, like for real, especially the Earth, Wind, and Fire track. So I would kill for a restoration of rock and roll and to see, and see that film get another chance at life you know what i mean like I, I i would hope people would screen it in theaters and give it another shot because it's the shit like rock and roll is amazing to look at it's just got a killer soundtrack don't sleep on it i mean like take notes find it watch it it's badass nice. you can buy it you can buy a two disc dvd now and it's loaded. It's got a ton of special features. It's worth your time. Commentary is good. Uh, director goes into everything I just said times ten. You know what I mean? Like he emphasizes how it got no love, but people did find it. You know, people did discover it, and the people that did discover it rave about it. You know, and I'm one of those people. You know, I'm always going to sing rock and roll's praises, and I, I hope people just fucking find it again and again and again. Yeah, yeah, that's one I I read from your Vulcan picks, Rocky, and I was I think I may have mentioned it like on our <coughs> direct message Slack channel or something. It's like, man, I'm I'm convinced I need to see that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Marcel, how about you? Animated movie that you'd like to see in the collection? That is a good question. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have a good answer for that. I mean, Matt, you... you uh, did, did you die there, Matt? Did you drop something? I dropped a pen. Sorry. <laughs> Were you in shock about my answer? No. <laughs> like, what? I, just, I mean, I know you hate animated movies. I was going to say that, yeah. I was going to say something like that, Matt. I don't hate animated movies. It's just that as, as, as a kid growing up, I guess I wasn't as into them as some people. So I don't have, like, a good answer for that. I have to think about it more. But, Matt, what would be your answer? I do. They need to get their hands on some Don Bluth. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would I love, see that. love to see a Criterion Collection release of uh, The Secret of Nim. Has, has either of you seen this? Oh yeah, Secret of Nim I have in my collection for sure. Yeah. That's one that I that's one that I grew up on. I, I love the old. Um, I think it's actually uh, Blouth. Somebody oh, okay. Don Blouth. Okay. And the only reason I say that <laughs> is because somebody like really awesome in animation, some really good animator was at a comic book convention, and he was like, "Oh, I love Don Bluth." And some fucking dude in the audience was like, "It's Blouth." You know, like <laughs> they, to- they totally did that, like you know, nerd move. Where he like, did the actually in real life. Yeah, oh, actually, God. the wizard key opens up the heart. You know, like they did that shit. So, like, uh, I think it's Blouth, but I don't okay. give a fuck. I, I know who you're talking. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Uh, I think that uh, this movie, Secret and Him, would fit in perfectly. I mean, it's got sure it's a kids movie, but it has that really dark tone. Uh, that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Certain sequences, like there's this really scary looking owl in this Dude, movie. The, the owl and the rats fighting each Holy other. That, that they are not fucking around. I mean, they're stabbing each other. Like it's like legit swordplay. Like tossed daggers and dirks like into spines and shit. Like it's like no joke. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, totally. it's uh, oof something else. <laughs> Well, yeah, to, that, that's what I would like to see in the in the collection. I'll have to check that out. Uh, how about episodes of Ren and Stimpy? Put that in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. With the- I'm one of those... I love the first season of Ren and Stimpy from the bottom of my heart. Uh, <clears throat> it's a very, very radical show. John Kay really shook up 
cartoons. You know, he took that Saturday morning formula because he came from it, and he literally took acid. You know, and, yeah. and made the cra- craziest cartoon. Like his thing was this. Like he was he used to draw the Smurfs and all these other you know animated Saturday morning joints, and, but it's the same character over and over and over and over and that's what drove him nuts because he's such like a great cartoonist and such a great artist you know a radical like a true radical and he was just like I cannot stand drawing this character the same way so many fucking times like I'm going I'm going nuts so if I get to make my own cartoon I'm going to use that Tom and Jerry formula that you know that that Tom and Jerry that you know fucking Laurel and Hardy like I'm going to do that formula but I'm going to have five different animators tackle Stimpy in one cartoon. I'm going to have five different animators tackle Ren in one cartoon. So he's literally going to look fucked, like from front to back. And I want that. I want that distortion. But And another thing I learned from the first season and John Kay, he has the best uh, mind in the world. He said, it doesn't matter where you put these characters. You could put them in outer space. You could put them in a western. You could put them like you know, uh, in a in a noir. It does not fucking matter because you love them so much. And I really took that to heart. Like it was one of those things where yeah, like if you create characters good enough, it doesn't matter where you put them. You could put them in you know submersibles. It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna follow them anywhere. And I learned that from a cartoonist. You know, <laughs> I learned that from Ren and Stimpy. And that was like. Like, you know, so I love the first season. And after he got fired, yes, the show went on. And yes, it had more seasons. But you can't fuck with that first chunk. You really cannot. It's something special. You know, like just insane. Bananas insane. So props to the first season of Ren and Stimpy. There you go. Worthy of the Criterion Collection. So there's your answer, man. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I think we've reached the point where we have to say... Uh, we Rocky has been gotten to known. <laughs> yes, we got to know Rocky. <laughs> Still don't know the proper English on that, but uh, we'll get there one day. We've been gotten to known, Rocky. <laughs> so now it's time to go into this, to, to the next phase of the show where we talk about what movies we've we've watched. Oh yeah, that's what the show's about. <laughs> we're thirty minutes in. Let's talk about what we're here to, to to talk about. So, Matt, I want you to get out. What the fuck, man? Fine. <laughs> Bye. No, I'm sorry. Let, let me let, let me rephrase that. I want you to see Get Out. Ah. So, did Matt really leave? <laughs> I think Matt really left. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I actually did walk out of the room like that. Oh, you really did play that joke. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good joke. But no, let me I but you, you might you may miss me saying this. Uh, let me rephrase. You need to see Get Out. So. Fine, I will eventually because I missed my weekend. Two of us have seen it, Rocky and I. <clears throat> I mean, okay. Uh, I want to start with Rocky. I want to get Rocky's opinion on this. Uh, oh, and let me just do some preface. Uh, yes, it's Jordan preface. Peele's. Sorry, sorry. Uh, are you preface? Uh, <laughs> are you? <laughs> how dare you? I, are, like a, number one. Like a, how dare you? Are you, uh, you going to be like that asshole? Like Rocky was talking about? Hey, it's it's Blouth. <laughs> Actually, actually. It's <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's actually preface. <laughs> let, let me give uh, some. Fun here. Let me give some background. Yes, it's Jordan Peele's directorial debut mm-hmm. from Key and Peele. 
yes, it made a shitload of money over the weekend. Damn right it did. Yes, for the longest time, it was at 100% of our tomatoes before Armin White decided to chime in. Oh, isn't he a peach? He is. He's something else. He's uh, also a joke of a human being. <laughs> but hey, let's move on. It's, it's like between him and uh, Jeff Wells, like who's the biggest joke. Oh! <laughs> Don't say their names two more times. Oh no! Then like the the the, the Wells White beast forms. Like <laughs> they'll fucking Ugh. kick down my like door. A toxic Avenger Transformer. Um, was I saying yes? Get out! I mean, it's uh, everybody loves it except you know uh, the one guy who's not allowed to like anything that's good, and also white people who are snowflakes who can't handle a bit of. Uh, hey, let's make the bad guy bad guys white. They they can't know that. So crazy, so, right? <laughs> crazy that white people would be the villain. Ooh. Like I don't know. That's that's just such a weird concept to me. But, but anyway, that's your preface. Thank you, <laughs> Rocky. So, what did you think of this movie? I think it's great. Um, it it honestly earned every ounce of love, praise that that it, you know it was showered with. It's one of those films that like it's smarter. Than you think it is. I mean, you see the trailer and you're like, "Oh, I got to see that. That looks really good." And then it turns out to be really, really good and subversive. Yeah. And it earns every gag. It earns every joke. I think the third act is uh, a doozy, you know, <laughs> for lack of better words. It's just, it's just like so beautiful, you know. And um, you know, and I won't get into spoiler territory at all. But I think that I'll say this. That film was made for what? One million? One six? Well, no, 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 no. no so, my bad. I'm I'm thinking of Moonlight for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> d- d- yeah, for real. My brain went to Moonlight, but yeah, it had a t- pretty minuscule budget for the most part, and it ended up flipping a whole lot more. You know, it yeah, was a, crazy. It was a, a smash hit, but it, it deserves it. I mean, that film deserves an audience. It's funny. It's horrific. It has really one of the coolest again third acts like in an earned third act nothing forced nice. and um, and while it does have racial issues and it does you know th- that is the strength of the piece it, it doesn't need that really like I know that's a weird thing to say but the the horror of the film the the real meat when you see what they're actually getting at you're just kind of like dude that was well done and for your debut like you're a legit horror film maker like this is Uh, not like this is not a key and peel sketch you know it's it's a it's a for real horror film you know and it is it's a real deal it's an earned film and it's got jokes that land for sure but it's it's more than that it's a very fucking smart horror film and it's like um i can't recommend it enough I, i left that theater i went to see it by myself and I left that theater very, very happy, like super happy. And I, again, deserves all the love. Period. You know, end of statement. It it deserves every ounce of praise that it's been given. So please see Get Out if you have not. Like, and you know, I, I hope you see it soon, Matt, so we can discuss further. Because holy shit, <laughs> like most of the Talk Film crew, um, when they have seen it, you know, they're hitting back on. Yeah. Twitter or Slack, just like, wow, like, holy <laughs> shit, like, holy shit, you know, um, our review is basically a holy shit review, too, because, <laughs> you know, it's it's so, so good. Yeah, thanks um, to Aaron for uh, seeing that early. In- oh, yeah. Yes, m- major shout out to Aaron, because, like, you know, he, he, he wrote about it very well, and um, I, was, I was, again, 
very happy with that movie. Um, I, I didn't read his review until after I saw it, and I finally read it and was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this this is the shit. <laughs> this, kid, this kid gets it. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets it. But it's just a fucking good film. I mean, I, I honestly don't see how you could shit on it. I mean, like, you know, we could bring up Wells and White, but, you know, it's like, what, what did you expect? I mean, these guys are complete dicks. I mean, like... They're, they're, they're just trolls. They're, no, they are. And, and they, they kind of realize this and they kind of get off on this and it's they fine it's, on it. and yeah, they, they have on fucking <clears throat> acolytes that are like oh no they're actually saying really smart things and it's like how about no I mean here, here's the thing it's like I, I, I do think like like not Wills but I do think White actually has a brain but he wields it wrong Oh, yeah. agreed. You know, agreed. Well, and, and, Wells is a Wells is a total trash barrel. Uh, no, he's Ar- Armin he, White is a smart guy. It's just that he works it to his advantage. Exactly, and and it's just like, like come Wells on, dude. knows what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, Arm- White knows what he's doing. Yeah, Wells is just a fucking prick. Like, I mean, he, there's so many stories about this cat that are just like, are you? You, you did that? Like, he are you needs serious? to be declawed. Like, I, I can't believe you just did that. Like, wow. Like, no decent human being would do that, let alone, like, a motherfucker that's in, like, you know, can get into the dopest parties and, you know, get into the best screenings. It's like, why would you act like that, you fucking cunt? Like, um, there's something about... I think um, that might be the first C-bomb dropped on the show. Thank you, Rock. <laughs> yes. It only took 60 episodes for us to get to the C-word. I right, so cool, brought, cool. Yeah, We're good you brought with me on for now. a good reason. Yeah, done. Swear. <laughs> if, you're, if, you use, if you're talking about Wells, because, like, you know, yes, but, um... Basically, what I'm what I'm saying is like, how do you blow an interview with Terrence Malick? Like, how do you act like how do you act like such trash to not only one of the greatest filmmakers ever, but how do you act like such a bad person to crew that works at Sundance that didn't have your badge ready in time? And like, there's so many stories, you know. There's so many like problems where I'm like, I'm surprised nobody's gone to jail yet. Like, and I mean that sincerely. I'm surprised nobody's gone up to him and just slapped him, like just straight up slapped him in his face and walked away not even fought him <laughs> just straight up bitch slapped him and then walked away and then of course he would call the cops and get you in jail and that's what I meant by that because like well, he's, yeah. he's, he's an ass like he's a pussy like you just don't do that to people like uh, just the stories I've heard it's it's awful like you don't do that period you know and again I don't want to make this about Wells but <laughs> since we're si- no since we're here like you know I, I just gotta Might say well. that it's, it's you can't do that you have one of the dopest jobs on earth. Period. You have an outlet. You're, you're getting into cool movies, and you are scum. You are such fucking scum. You treat women wrong. You act horrible to people that let you into these functions. You crashed a motherfucking funeral. Like, there's just so many stories of like, how does he have a job? Like, how how is this still happening? And it, and I meant what I said. I'm so surprised nobody's just like slapped him, dude. Nobody's just been like, motherfucker, boom. Like like, why are you here? Like Speak, for real. Speaking of unsettling, uh, the the movie Get Out was unsettling <laughs> to me. Hey, you're getting better at your segues. I am. There you go. I uh, so Jordan Peele is. I mean. Uh, as Rocky was saying, like this debut is is is, is incredible. You, you couldn't ask for a better like script because because he, he wrote it. A uh, better story, like everything. It's fresh. It's original. It's suspenseful. Like Rocky was saying, it plays great as a horror. It's also funny, 
And yeah, I was legitimate. Like halfway through, I was, and and this I don't say this too often with horror movies. I felt legitimately disturbed by what by, by what was going on by the visuals. Were you um, shook, as the kids say? <laughs> you could possibly say, <laughs> "All I right, was shook." Yeah, I'm, uh, trying to, I'm trying to get with that youth demographic that listens to our show. Because <laughs> you know the the kids love us, Matt. The kids, oh, the kid, the kids. You know they they uh, love it. Them, them, and their that youth, uh, the, that youth that I embrace so hard. You love you love them, kids. So <sighs> I, I hate children. Get out, Matt. I, okay, fine. <laughs> You're gonna get up again and leave. I think he did. <laughs> but anyway, yes, go see Get Out. No, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and one the great piece of news I read today is that he has. He, I think his direct quote is, he has plans for like the next ten years of movies he's gonna make that are going to hit like uh, like like social uh, constructs like like like, tab- like taboos. Sorry, taboos. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he might tackle like sexism next. Uh, he might continue on like looking through. It's taboo, <laughs> starring you, Tom man. Hardy. <laughs> Sorry, I had muted my microphone because I was eating. But jeez, oh, what are you eating? Uh, Ore- are, are you eating Taco Bell? Okay, you're not eating Taco Bell. That's I'm, that, I'm that, eating the healthy Oreos. The, uh, what, like low fat Oreos? No, th- Oreo thins. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Oh my god, they're so good. Anyway, um, I had to get food talk in some way, Marcelo. Hey, there are Oreos in um, in uh, Get Out, right? Of course, there are. Right, Rocky? Yeah, I think I think that plays a role in one scene, right? <laughs> no, no, that those are Fruit Loops. I'm sorry. Yeah, like no. <laughs> still though. Um, Oreos. <laughs> o- Oreos were made, but not in the uh, food way. Oh, but, um, yeah. <clears throat> hi Spoilers, bro. Anyway, get out. Yeah, so, uh, again, Matt, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, stop this recording. Go see Get Out right now. Uh, and, and, okay, seriously, one more thing. Blumhouse, uh, they are, like, two for two this year. They're pretty with, good. With Split and now Get Out. Uh, they're, I, I love them to death. Like, they're, they're doing great work. They, they legitimately brought back, brought back Emmett Shyamalan with The Visit and Split, and now they, they gave, uh, Jordan Peele, like, uh, a platform for his debut, and it was, it's, it was an outstanding Yeah, uh, no, they're, they're great. Yeah. So, another, another studio, I can't wait to see what they come up with next. It's a damn good payoff. It really is. Um, Aren't, aren't they doing, aren't they doing Gerald's Game? I think, I think maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I would have to look that up. I apologize. Uh, yeah, our, 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 our researcher will do that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and he'll get back to us. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Speaking of... <laughs> that's it. <laughs> this is the transition. So that's it. Let's talk about something else. Uh, speaking of the Oscars, as previously mentioned, this movie that one of us saw mm-hmm. uh, won the Oscar... Uh, for Best Picture. This movie won the Big Five. It is one of the few films to ever win the Big Five. That's uh, Best Director, Picture, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. And for my money, I'm pretty sure it's the only horror film to ever win Best Picture. I revisited The Silence of the Lambs by Jonathan Demme. And I have no issues with this film whatsoever. It's one of those... It's It's perfect. It's one of those perfect films where... Everything comes together to make just this this perfect formation of entertainment uh, in the cinematic medium. And everything here is great. I mean, Jodie Foster gives a 
career best performance. I don't think she's ever been better than she is here as Clarice Starling. Um, Anthony Hopkins, uh, sure, his performance can be seen as hammy uh, by today's standards, but holy shit, he is terrifying in this, and he's not even the villain, which is crazy to me. Um, Demi has such a sharp eye uh, when he does narrative films, just like he has a great eye when he does concert films, uh, as as evidenced by Stop Making Sense, and um, from what I've seen from the uh, Justin Timberlake concert film, uh, he knows what's up uh, when he does a narrative, and the the collaboration he had on this film with Tak Fujimoto, uh, his cinematographer, is so on point that it's almost not fair to other horror films. Uh, their choice to shoot a lot of point of view uh, really immerses you in this picture. I I love every scene in this. I love those last 15 minutes uh, where it's all in like night vision goggles and she's hunting Buffalo Bill throughout the, the basement. It's it's horrifying um, because you know that he could be around any corner and it's since it's point of view you don't know where the hell he is they, there's no tell uh, to this film it's all a surprise um, it's a movie that's been you know spoofed uh, ad nauseum for the past uh, how many years this thing has been around uh, but it holds up every time I see this I'm impressed and I'm terrified by it it, it gets me every time and it's one of the one of my favorite uh, best picture winners, uh, just for that fact alone, that it's always surprising, and I'm always figuring out something new. Uh, I love this thing. It's it's one perfect. Of the best, yeah. No, it's perfect. Like when customers uh, rent it at Vulcan, I usually you know simple question like, have you seen this before? And you know, obviously it's fifty fifty answer, duh. Yeah. But like for the ones that haven't seen it. I, I always emphasize, I'm like, this thing holds. This movie legit yeah. holds. It, it will never age because it's a timeless film. Like, it's a perfect film. Like, the, yeah. the setup, the buildup, um, the Roger Corman cameo at the beginning, mm-hmm. hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that That's really cool, but the um, it's it's all about um, why I love Aliens so much, and it's um, back to what I was saying earlier in the podcast. Um, I, I was raised by a cool woman, so I love women. You know, I always have, and I always appreciate them, and I want them to shine and kick ass and be heroines and, and you know, just whoop ass. And Clarice, you, you can't fuck with her. No, like, she has, she, she, she has to earn every step of the way, and she does so with gusto. You know, she's a, she's a great fucking character, well played by Jodie Foster. But, like, it, it's, it's kind of what you said. That finale with the night vision oh. is legit terrifying it, it's so fucking scary because by that time we are Clarice like we've yeah. gone on her journey we've gone into Hannibal Lecter's POV and pushed it on her real slow and then you know Demi's flipped it and we're Clarice looking at Hannibal <laughs> like we we become her like we, we get that tunnel vision which Donnie Darko respectfully ripped off and even Kelly says so he goes when Gyllenhaal staring at the rabbit, that's Silence of the Lambs. Like, he's like, I totally, I totally ripped off Demi, like, completely. And that is a perfect filming technique, because, again, you become her. And so by the time you get to that fucking finale, it's chilling, man, because, you know, she's in pitch dark. And, of course, Don't Breathe kind of rips it off, like, yeah. you know, later later on. And which is fine, you know. You you rip off from the greats, you know. Yeah, and, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. <clears throat> steal, steal from the best. 
And silence holds up. I mean, the the killer is terrifying. I mean, how the fuck are you going to make a, 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 a suit out of skin? I mean, like, it's so horrifying. You about a and, size 13? Yeah, uh, just all, all that stuff is so creepy. The the, the well, keep keeping her. Speaking of wells, keeping her down in there with, with lotion. See, I'm all about callbacks on this podcast. Don't you hurt my dog? <clears throat> yeah, just all that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it just there's nothing there's nothing wrong with sounds of lamps, and that's really all I'm trying to stress. I have to echo everything you just said yeah. and emphasize a few more things. There's just that movie is fucking perfect, dude. Like. Uh, I'd also recommend something wild out of his filmography too. That's that's a crazy okay. one with Jeff Daniels, uh, also on Criterion. Worth your time. Uh, but so dude, is Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, si- Silence is is a treat, man. Silence is such a treat. And I still have uh, my Criterion DVD. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, after- that was that was Baby's first Criterion back in high school. <laughs> oh wow. But I, I was I was I'm just gonna chime in and say yeah I love this movie. Uh, it, it gets me every time I see it. I, yeah. don't know, I think, uh, as you guys were mentioning, uh, it's it's unsettling. Speaking of unsettling, I mean, uh, Demi's camera work. It's it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> it's 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 Fujimoto's camera work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, it's it's. Uh, uh, I, I like that he harkens back to. Uh, like close-ups of, mm-hmm. of, of people looking straight into the camera. I love it. It, it makes it, 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 it. You you get that connection, like to that to these characters, and it's it, it's unnerving. And he does this. He uh, Demi does the same thing in the Manchurian Candidate remake. That's a really good film. Yeah. I saw that opening weekend and really enjoyed that one. I I, I will never get get uh, the the image of. Uh, oh God! I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's he, he's early. He, he's in the movie early on in Maturing Candidates. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright approaches Denzel Washington. Like and yeah, there's that the patented like Science of the Lambs like Demi shot of like the close up looking to the camera, and yeah, it it just get, it gets you. It's like it, it it's it's unsettling. So yeah, um, I love it. Of course, I love uh, Hannibal the character. Uh, and oh, and of course, the, it's the same cinematographer for Manchurian Candidate. So there you go. Yeah, so that's that's, that's Tak Fujimoto, one of the best, those very guys, underrated. Those guys together, they make great work. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, so that's Signs of the Lambs. God, and I love it. I'm sure we'll talk more about Best Picture winners later on in the show. Oh, most definitely. Uh, but hey, a an an Emmy nom? No, sorry, an Emmy. Oh God. Uh, I feel like starting the show over again. <laughs> Jesus, no. Don't fuck up my callbacks. <laughs> speaking of Oscars. Uh, speaking speaking of terrifying. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this movie's also pretty scary uh, at points. Uh, what'd you watch, Rock? I saw Nocturnal Animals. I uh, finally got caught up with that. Um, it finally hit a uh, video. And mm-hmm. uh, I took it home. And I loved it. Um, I, I think Tom Ford yeah, is, a, is is a fascinating, um, fascinating character because um, obviously he's known for fashion. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and he was just like, "I'm going to direct movies." And then you're kind of like, well, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" You know, I, I understand you have money, but do you know how to make a fucking <laughs> movie? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. And, and then he does a single man, which is uh. just you know. A, a gut punch, you know. It, it's just such an amazing debut from any is, filmmaker, and it's it one of the is, best films of that year. Period. It's one of my favorite films of all time. It's uh, it's stupid I've, good. 
I've seen it twice, and it automatically shot up into my all-time top five, and it has not left since I first saw the sing- a single man. For real, it's like it's unreal. So, based on the strength of that, I'm just like, okay, my foot's in my mouth, and you're a legit good filmmaker. Wow, yeah. I did not, I did not expect this. Who so, I, unfortunately, I missed it in theaters, Nocturnal Animals, but I was, I was really hyped to see it. And when I finally took it home, I sat down, watched it by myself. Everyone was asleep, so I got to absorb it just like on my own. Yeah. And and I and I loved it. I, I really loved it. It's like on a, a Killer Joe, trashy kind of level, but oh, yeah. like n- not not the same setting, but the same kind of like feeling that it gives you. The same kind I can, of like I can see that. Yeah. The same kind of icky like oh fuck, you know what oh, I mean? Like oh gross. my god, this is this is horrible, but in a great way, you know. Um, I love the way he interweaves both stories from the book. And also yeah. from from the reality that's actually happening, you know, outside of the book. And um, I won't go into spoilers. I won't because um, the ending is actually the reason why I love that movie. The ending oh, yeah. is so nasty. It's so fucking mean, and it made me laugh. I was just like, dude, this is like legit crazy. Like, I cannot believe you fucking ended the movie that way. And I I, 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 I loved it. Like, it was such a sinister ending, and I, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. But I, again, I love the way he interweaves the stories uh, from the book to, to the reality. Um, it's, it's cool. Like, it's just a really cool second film. Um, has a weird opening, but it makes sense. It makes, 100%, <laughs> it makes 100% sense. It's not just there to to shock you, I mean it is, but at the same time, there's substance behind that shock. Exactly. You know, and, and it it's it's there for a fucking good reason, and I'll argue that with anybody. I heard some people say that that intro made no sense, and I was like, well, "What were you watching?" Because it's Did right you there. Watch it, the yeah, movie. <laughs> it's literally right there in front of you. Like you know, it's boom. So anyway, I love Nocturnal Animals. It's it's raunchy, it's weird, and I thought the ending was fucking great. I want to see more films from Tom Ford. Like, I never thought I would say these words. And yeah. here, here we are. I mean, like, he is a legit good filmmaker. And I've, been, the, I've been saying it since I first saw a single man. I was like, I want more from this guy. <laughs> dude, it's like he, he, you know, he adapts the screenplay. I mean, it's, it's his words, you know, that yeah. are, you know, it's his vision up there. It's not like he's shooting somebody else's script. It's like that's his beast. That's his, you know, that's the thing he wanted you to see is you know frame one to credits it's like i loved it like i legit loved it and you know i basically was on twitter like that movie has the sickest ending and wow you know what i mean i i'm i'm a happy camper right now like that was a fucking great movie you know so uh that's where i'm at with nocturnal animals how did you feel about it matt obviously you you felt it too i guess oh yeah it made my top 10 last year i really love this thing i love how dark and gross it gets at times yeah Uh, and I've said this on the show before, but I've never seen a film that so captures what it's like to read a really good book. Because when Amy Adams is reading this book and she's so into it, that's like when I'm reading a really good book. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to keep turning the pages. Like, I, I don't want to go to work. I want to finish this chapter. I, want, I, want, I, want, I, I can't wait. Like, I'm at work. I want to finish this book as soon as I get home. Like... That's how she is in this movie, and that's how he portrays reading a really good novel. And I've never seen that on screen before, just that obsession that a reader will get when they're reading something that's, like, just blowing their mind from moment to moment. Yeah, I mean, 
Cloud Atlas kind of hints on that, but you got a million stories going on at once, and exactly. I say I say that respectfully. You know, I love Cloud Atlas from the bottom of my heart. So do I. It, it's just got a, it's got a piece of that in there, though. Like he's so thirsty for the next page that you know w- when he realizes the book is broken, he's like, "Fuck!" You know, like I want to finish this book. You know, <laughs> so like it's kind of what you're saying in a way. It's like I hear what you're saying. It's oh yeah, like, you're fiending to finish that story. You know, and you, you don't want anything else. To be happening, you know, like fuck life. I need, I need these, no. I need these, pro, these pros. You know, I, need, I, need I don't want to. I don't want to eat food. I just want to read. <laughs> Leave me alone. Totally. I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> uh, Nocturnal Animals is my uh, favorite. So no, so it's, it's my second favorite movie about a breakup from last year. Oh jeez. Uh, first one being La La Land. So yeah, uh, I I need to revisit it. I, I was actually thinking about that. About nocturnal animals earlier today. I need to. Be, I've only seen it once. I need to see it again. Uh, in a do, you, do you have it? No, I don't. Not yet. I'm gonna. I'll send you the digital code later. Oh, well, you're you're gonna make my night, Matt. I know I will. Um, and That's why I'm here. I love Michael Shannon in it. I, I I'm glad he got the. Oh Oscar. man, I, yeah. I'm glad he got the nomination. <clears throat> Me too. Like Shannon for life. Sh- Shannon is just one of those actors that. Has proven his worth over and over again, um, especially with his relationship with Jeff Nichols. Like, there's something really special about that weird Frankenstein-looking motherfucker, man. He like, <laughs> yeah, he, 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 uh, Frankenstein monster before I get fucking attacked. But actually, um, it's the actually, actually, the, the actually, blout, it's the blout monster. Back. But yeah, needless to say, like I, I love Michael Shannon. I like what he's doing with his acting choices. Like, I like how odd he is and. Um, even when he's collecting a check like in Man of Steel like you know I can look past that because he churns in so many other good performances like fucking Midnight Special and you know all these the night, again, the night before oh man he's so he, good in the night before <laughs> he, he's a special guy you know and so it, it's he's it's good it, it's good to see him inside a, a story within a story you know so he's mm-hmm. able to kind of play a different kind of character you know um, y- you can play it a little different you know, and and over the top is not the right word, because no, you, you know you're um, you're a make believe character like within a book, but you know you're a work of fiction within fiction. So yeah. like it, it's pretty fascinating his choices as an actor and the decision to make him sick, you know, things like that. Like there's a, there's a lot of really cool things that he does in nocturnal yeah. animals that makes him stand out. And is, to, is what you're doing completely legal? I got cancer. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, yeah. Like, okay. He's like, but you smoke all the time. That's usually how it works. <clears throat> yeah. He's so matter of fact in this movie. I love him. Yeah. Straight up. He's just like, you know, I'm going to help you find justice before I die kind of thing. Yeah. And there, there's something about, that character that's very special and yeah i have to agree i'm glad he got a nod like we all knew that you know the odds of him winning were pretty low but the the fact that he got a recognition the the recognition was special Um, that was awesome because people that know their movies know that michael shannon is great they they know that he is just again an an odd creature like he's he's uh, one of the best character actors out there oh most definitely And, and when you give him something to, to to kind of lead the picture like Midnight Special, he pulls his fucking weight. Like he does, takes shelter too. You know, like he just he does such good work with Jeff Nichols that it's hard to deny him uh, at all. You know, I mean, I think the guy's got crazy range. You know, for again, he looks weird as shit. <laughs> like I mean, j- just like his his facial features. Like and he's the a way weird he, guy. Yeah, he's a, he's an odd cat. But then 
again, I love his performances, like I'm saying, but there's a there's a video online that you need to find if you haven't seen it yet. I think He's, I know what you're talking about. He he can sing. Like that motherfucker got That's on not stage. The video I'm thinking about. No, he got a, he got on stage doing Smith tracks oh, nice. with with some people that have actually played with Morrissey, and like it's bananas. So you're just like, dude, why are you this charismatic, and why are you this beautiful? I love you, Michael Shannon. <laughs> like, yeah, I gotta look this up because I thought you were talking about when he reads the sorority letter. That's funny too. Like that's that, so I, good. He's so into it. I, I've seen that, and that's brilliant. Props so to good. yeah, props to whoever came up with that shit. I mean that that's that's amazing. Like I'm glad he was game too, and not like what do you, what do you want me to do? Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad. No, like they, he seems he's down for everything, which is why I like him. Yeah, and and actually I gotta say this, like on the on the on the Blu-ray of uh, Man of Steel, they have this enhanced like viewing experience, which is fucking stupid, frankly. Uh, they did it on Terminator Salvation too, and a couple other Warner Brother films. It's like the the screen and screen where like the director will come on and talk. Yeah. And, okay, and it, it, I've never watched one of those. Uh, just do the audio commentary. Shut the fuck up. You know, like that—that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think it's a failure. Yeah. I think I think it's a really bad idea. It's like um, Warner Brothers it's the Live. Future. Yeah, it's it's just those stupid ideas that they tried just didn't work. So anyway, they <laughs> he did on on his like you know on the Man of Steel one they'll do the picture in picture and he showed up with this Zod toy that he's holding in his left hand and he's like he's just like hi, I'm Michael Shannon. I, I played General Zod, and here is the figure of me as Zod. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm the villain of this movie. And now, it, it, now I have he, to see this, dude. He he now could, I have to watch he, he could give a shit. Like it's the funniest, funniest fucking thing in the world. And, and again. This is why I love Michael Shannon because here's this failed format that just like should not exist. It's, it's such a bad idea for watching home entertainment. It's it's legit terrible. Like I cannot support it at all. And he just I will never forget that. Just him holding this fucking toy, being like, "Why am I here, Warner Brothers?" Like, like I will. It's, it's, it's like when uh, Orson Welles gave an interview about the Transformers movie, where they asked him who he plays. He's like, "I play a large toy that eats smaller toys." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just like I. I'm, I'm above this. I just. He's like, I, need, I needed money. Yeah, I needed to eat. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's perfect. It's like it's sometimes an actor just has to do shit. You know, and um, that's never lost on me. You know, uh, it's it, it's it's so so funny. And again, like it worth it just for him. You know, it, it's when he first pops up, so you don't have to go too deep into the movie for those of you okay, who cool. hate Man of Steel. <laughs> so I'm just warning you in advance. Thank you, <laughs> Snyder haters. It looks fine because I like that movie. I'm one of the few people on earth that really likes Man of Steel, and uh, I, I get shit for it constantly. But um, so do I. Yeah, that's that. But whatever. It's uh, fine. Uh, what I'm getting at, though, is that Shannon bit. Oh my god, worth all your time. It, it's magic. But uh, back to Nocturnal Animals. That movie is grimy. It's great. Shannon is standout. The stories that are weaving is perfect. I think the ending is a fucking slam dunk. And yeah, I. I I support that movie and would totally make people, if I had to, at gunpoint, uh, make them watch Killer Joe either before or after. They get to choose because, you know, 
I got the gun on them already. It's not fair if I yeah, push I mean, them further. Yeah. I let them choose. You know? You're already making them do one thing. <clears throat> exactly. Well. Give like, them a choice in the order in which they do it. Totally. And maybe there'll be some uh, fried chicken involved. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Killer Joe reference. Speaking of nocturnal animals, and uh, I mean, you could say Michael Shannon is a type of special effect that you add on to a movie. I would say that doc- that he's pretty strange. <laughs> God that, damn it! That's a segue. <laughs> Speaking of that, yay, Doctor Strange! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is usually how it goes, Rocky, on on each and every oh, show. Oh my god. <laughs> Choking on my cookie. That was that was good. We really need to have like a lesson with you Doc- on how to do segments. Me, I'm fine. You. So Doctor Strange came out on Blu-ray uh, this yes, past it did. week. Did it come out in 4K, Matt? No. Um, Disney has not done. They have not started with the 4K yet. The, That's a shame. They are starting that. Uh, I think late spring, early summer. They're going to start releasing their films in 4K. Okay. Yeah. Because so, this one. This looking one, forward to that. <laughs> I I should have bought it when I was out this you know uh, this past week, but I'll, I'll buy it soon. It, I, I want to revisit it. One of my favorite experiences from last year, <coughs> seeing a new release, was seeing this Doctor Strange in yes. inglorious laser projection IMAX 3D. Whatever that, that means. Now I, re- I regret amazing. not going to that. I saw Rogue One in that format, which was beautiful, but I didn't get to see Strange, and I regret it because those. Um, those visuals were badass. Oh, yeah, but 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 Rocky, I think uh, you're the one amongst the three of us who has you've heard the commentary on that, right? Right. Um, I brought. Yeah, it home. I, I looked over a few of the special features. I didn't do the commentary yet. I'd like to hear what that's all about. Yeah, uh, about. it's it's great. Um, Scott Derrickson is a very nice guy um, in general. Like, I mean, every time um, I'm lucky enough to talk to him online, follow him on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, he responds a lot. Both of our sons are named Atticus, That's and cool. um, so he, he's he's really nice and approachable, you know. And so be, because of that, you know, I'm going to give his commentary benefit of the doubt. I'm going to like I'm going to hear what this fool has to say. And the best thing about that commentary. As he's so gregarious, he talks from front to back. He never repeats himself. It's never boring, and it's it's a great type of chatterbox. Like he goes from front to back on that movie, giving you wonderful information, talking about how he got the job. He even addresses like the whitewashing. He even addresses like the inception uh, disses. Like he he addresses a lot of great stuff. Nice and and. Uh, the the main key thing I took away from that commentary was this. He said that, hi, you know, I'm Scott Derrickson, I'm blah, 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 we're talking Doctor Strange, and I'm recording this commentary the day before the world premiere. Oh, cool. I, I, I love have, when they do that. Yeah, and he goes, I have no idea how you were going to receive this movie, how well it did at the box office, none of that. Like, I am literally just talking about the movie I made. And then he proceeds to go into this spiel about hitting the target. And, of course, I'll let him do it um, when you listen to his commentary, but it's amazing what he goes into. And, again, like it's one of my favorite audio commentaries that I've heard on any MCU film. Um, going by all the Marvel films, Scott Derrickson is in the top three easily. Like He just... He lets he lets it go. He's very sincere. He's very honest. He's very spiritual, uh, and he's very receptive of the source material. Like he respects Doctor Strange and wanted to get it 
right as he can. You know, as right as he could, I should say. And um, love the commentary, and I would recommend it, you know, just for that. And the blue looks good, too. Um, worth your time, really. Like, um, I, I had fun with Doctor Strange. I saw it twice in theaters. Uh, big. I had, I had a lot of fun with it. But, again, the commentary is slamming. Like, it's, it's so fucking informative, so good. And, again, he, he doesn't shut up. He talks throughout that entire film. And it, it's never stale, and you're never just like, dude, shut up. Like you, you never, you never get that vibe of like, like you're talking too much. Like, oh my god, just like chill, like take a breather. Like, no, it's all just really good information. It's all at a great tone. He's never talking down or condescending. He's he's super nice guy, just like he is online and everything. So props to him. Props to that commentary. The blue looks good. Um, it's it's one of the cooler uh, MCU films. <coughs> Excuse me. Even when it borrows from films like Hellboy, and and I mean structure of the film, not exactly like plot yeah. points, but just kind of the way it it's built. I mean, it, it's very reminiscent of Hellboy one, but that's not a diss to anybody because it still moves well and it still flows within what they're doing in the MCU world. Uh, the other plus side to that Blu-ray, by the way, is <laughs> you get that short where Thor is basically oh a civilian and he found a place in Australia to live and holy fucking shit oh Daryl it's funny it's poor like, Daryl it's stupid funny like Mjolnir on the toilet oh my god there's like so many there's <laughs> <coughs> so many gags and great jokes and another another testament to how funny Hemsworth actually is oh, he's great like uh, he is like uh, I think he is legit funny in Ghostbusters. I mean, like, Same. he he had me fucking crying at times in that movie. Like, he's rotten in that movie. Like, so fucking rotten. And I love to see him play that kind of character. And this short is basically, an, again, a testament to how funny the guy is. He's got timing, you know? Uh, it's it's more than just, like, you know, sex appeal and muscles. I mean, the guy is fucking funny. <laughs> like, I, mean, he, I mean, he does have that. <laughs> Oh, in, in spades. Uh, he makes me question my uh, <laughs> uh, the way I look at things. But uh, yeah, he, he he's hilarious, man. Like legit funny. Like uh, cannot stress that enough. And it makes me look forward to Thor three big time. Uh, it, especially because of you know the talent directing it, uh, and you've seen his and comedic who they, and, and who they got to play the villain. I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm with it. Like I can't wait. I cannot. Cannot. Cannot wait. So. Big fan of Strange, and uh, the special features are good. Again, the commentary slamming. Got to do it. There you go, uh, Matt. You can agree. Oh, I totally agree. I I love this movie. It's um, people were coming in on Tuesday to pick this up and buy it, and I kept saying to them, I was like, you know, this is the most fun I've had with a Marvel movie in a while, and uh, all of them agreed. They're like, oh, I know, it's so much fun. It's just, it's just such a really cool movie. I'm like, you know what? Enjoy. Go home. Have fun. Watch this. Uh, yeah, I love this thing. I watched uh, a little bit of the making of. I watched the uh, the gag reel, which uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is a weird dude. Uh, oh. um, he's a oh, yeah. he's a he's a very bizarre individual, and his sense of humor is on point. Um, one of the uh, I'm not a real big fan of blooper reels, but this is one of the funniest that I've seen. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's he's a hoot. Um, he's that, so weird. 
he goes in the commentary. Scott Derrickson talks about like how he landed all his first choices. Like Doctor Strange was like he wanted Benedict and. Feige agreed, and they actually pushed the date back of the film just so they can land him because he was busy nice. doing a play. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, they're all glad that they made the right choice. You know, um, it's one of those things where uh, I, I'm not the hugest Benedict fan, um, and I don't say that as a diss. He just doesn't like you know hook me like he right doesn't away. Do it for you? Yeah, he just doesn't quite do it for me. But I do respect him, and if he's had a tiny, tiny part. And four lions, like very tiny, and he, he can show you that he has comedic chops. And there are moments in Strange that are legit funny. Oh yeah. And and Derrickson will tell you he's like, "Yo, that was Benedict's idea. Like that wasn't in the script. That wasn't me. That was that, <laughs> that was awesome. that was that was him." And we're talking some major gut busting moments, you know, in that film. And you're just like, "That's awesome, man!" Like so, he 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 definitely brings a lot of funny and a lot of weird to the table. He's a lot goofier than you think, you know. Yeah, and, he's a. Uh... Definitely an odd duck. <laughs> yeah. So it, again, that commentary—it's magic. You, you you get to learn a lot, like from it, and um, it's informative and it's sweet. You know, so give it a whirl for sure. If you if you buy that that movie, if you already own it, listen to it right away. It's so good. There you go. I, I I'll buy my Blu-ray this week. I promise, guys. <laughs> uh, but it's been such a busy week for me anyway. I bought the before trilogy on Criterion. Yeah, mine arrived the other day. It yeah, was nice. Mine did too. And I also bought the Guillermo del Toro Criterion trilogy Ooh. set. So, oh yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna buy Doctor Strange. And also, hey, Moonlight came out. It's uh, a good week. Blu-ray. So yeah, it, it's a busy week for Blu-rays. Uh, but I'll get on that. So speaking of Marvel movies. An early Marvel movie. A formative one for formative me. Formative one, yeah, from the year 2000. Jesus Christ. It's been a long time. Almost, How weird is that? Oh, 20, almost 20 years. About three years away from the 20th anniversary of X-Men. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, uh, but hey, I'm going to do something unprecedented. I'm going to recuse myself from X-Men. Because, hey, you know what? We can talk about X-Men. When I lo- would like to tell a story about X-Men. Okay, fine. I- I'll recuse my time to Matt first. Matt, what's your story on X-Men? It's the first time when I saw a movie in a theater that I yelled at someone for talking. <laughs> Good. It, it, um, I saw it um, on a Saturday morning, and the girl sitting in front of me had clearly seen it the night before. Uh, but she was taking another friend to go see it, and every few minutes she would go, and this is the part of the movie where this happens, and you know, like just explaining what would happen oh, before, kill. before oh. it would happen. Uh, so, little, you know, uh, I don't know, I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. I, I leaned over, uh, right over her shoulder, and said, This is the part of the movie where you shut the fuck up. <laughs> And Good. she shut up for the rest of the movie. Uh, very formative moment for me, telling someone to be quiet in a movie theater, uh, because I've done it many times since. It only took me 30 years to do that in real life. So, Oh, boy. Uh, um, it, took, it took me about 14, 15 years. But as I was saying, X-Men, we'll talk about it next episode when Logan comes out, and we've yeah, all okay. seen it. And But i like to take this time and give it to Rocky, because I want to hear him. This is a late addition to the schedule. Uh, a little movie came out on Netflix last week. Oh, called "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore," and Rocky got a chance to see it. So and that's a shame that you don't feel right. at home in this world, Rocky. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't. I feel very alien. I feel very Aww. weird. I can only communicate in gifts. Um, <laughs> that's I, totally understandable. 
totally understandable. No, but um, real quick, um, when we were listening, like, hey, well, this is what we're going to talk about, I failed to mention that movie. Um, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore is amazing. It, it's really fucking good. Uh, read Rob Trench's review on Talk Film Society. Um, definitely, definitely take his word for it and take my word for it. This is an hour and a half of awesome legit awesome this girl she's uh like depressed uh obviously on meds things like that has her house broken into and she decides to basically try to get you know handle handle her business man like somebody robbed me fuck that shit i'm gonna get to the bottom of this and where it takes her is something it's it's just so special it's such a gnarly weird little adventure it's straight to the fucking point Elijah Wood is going to make you laugh your ass off. Uh, he he plays this really obnoxious rat tail ninja star throwing weird mm-hmm. motherfucker. Uh, it's legit, and the, and the film builds and builds and builds, and and the third act is gangbusters, man. Like it's it's so so good, and uh, I have to say, the director making Blair, we've seen him shine as an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't, if you have not seen Blue Ruin. People listening, watch Blue Ruin. Stop this shit and go watch Blue Ruin. Yeah, he is am- he is amazing in it, and it's also the the emphasis. Uh, it's it's the the shout out to the world that Jeremy Selnia is here. Like Jeremy as a filmmaker is here. Green Room is the validation of that. Green Room is That's basically it. like you're just like dude back to back. Blue Rune and Green Room, Megan Blair, the actor, is in both amazing shit. I mean, this is just amazing, amazing shit. So Megan gets to direct his own film, and he rocked it. Like, he again, he made an hour and a half of straight-to-the-point, unforgettable, cool shit. It's streaming now on Netflix. Uh, watch it now, please. Like, it's so worth your time. Um, I cannot rave about it enough. And I don't want to get into spoilers. I don't really want to go any further than where I've gone, it's the shit. It's an amazing, amazing film. It's it's standout. It's a great debut for Megan Blair as a filmmaker. Uh, he has a tiny little cameo in it, uh, and he's perfect, actually, in that little cameo. It's fucking nice. hilarious. Uh, it's a true dark comedy, because it goes to some gnarly places. I'm talking green room level places. Like, it, it's, it's, it's intense, but it's funny as shit. So I think there's a, like a... He learned some shit from his buddy Jeremy and brought it to sure. the table here, and but it's not a ripoff. It's not like oh man, you're just making your version of this. It's like no, 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 no. Like this is this is his his thing. This is his vision, and you could tell that it's his vision. It just gets as violent as those other movies. <laughs> so again, there's some there's some crazy shit that happens in this film, but it's funny as fuck. The characters are great. And the the build up the the last ten minutes are just like holy shit. And again, it's it, it's available right now on Netflix, much like Beast of No Nation was, and you know all these Netflix exclusive. Um, what's the new one with John Boyega? It's Imperial Dreams. Yeah, Imperial uh, Dreams. Yeah. 
So yeah, you, you got two films that you should be checking out right now on Netflix that are available now that were kind of either purchased at Sundance and streamed there right away, or got purchased after being put on the shelf for so fucking long that you're finally mm-hmm. getting a chance to see it. So please check out, you know, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's so special. It's so good. And it's it's not hype. It's like Macon Blair can make a movie. Uh, he, he's a good actor, and he can direct and clearly he can write because these characters are standout and they're weird and they're different and they're funny and he definitely has a funny bone amongst very very grim violence (laughs) so so check it out it's worth your time like for real and I just had to kind of blurt that in there but uh, speaking of X-Men we're going to talk about my favorite X-Men moment real quick before we we move on in the the first X-Men film there is a tiny moment that always mattered to me. That was good. In fact, incredible. And it's when they got to save Rogue. She's in this machine, right? That Magneto is force, forcing her to use, right? And so, you know, they're like, what do we do? Like, do we hit it with the optic blast? And they're like, no, that's going to fuck shit up. Storm, hit it with lightning. No, I'll cook her. Ah! So there's always, like, this, like, debate on what to do, right? The, and they decide to basically have Storm whip up some wind and throw him up there and Jean Grey is going to guide him with her telepathy. Yeah. So it, it's it's a cool team moment, right? Of of all the X-Men coming together and you know, Cyclops blasting at the right time, but there's a tiny moment like right before Wolverine leaves the ground where he looks at Jean Grey and Jean Grey looks back at him and there's that moment of like we got to get this right. Like yeah. we ha- we have to land this because I like know exactly what be, you're talking be, be, about because she's dead. If we don't pull this off, and I know you're going to survive because you can fucking heal, you know. But but <laughs> you're Wolverine. Th- yeah, you're Wolverine. But there's a little girl up there that we have to save, and that look it sells so much of, of not only that moment, but of like their budding you know sexual tension that they've always mm-hmm. had in the comics and in the stories and in the cartoons. That moment rocks. That moment is clearly an X-Men moment, like more so than Wolverine saying bub or anything like that. It's like <laughs> that, that it's just that look that 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 matters. And I, I just had to emphasize that on the first X-Men film that always stood out to me. That was always a very kick-ass scene and a kick-ass moment. Loved it. There you go. So, uh X-Men, like I said, uh I mean, real quick, I saw it it's still for me for the most part it still holds up but man 17 years sometimes it shows its age uh but uh, we're old <laughs> Hugh Jackman though he's always gonna be Wolverine to me uh and I know he's gonna go on to like uh bigger and better things I'm sure he'll eventually get like an Oscar and all the acclaim but man he's, he definitely for 17 years has inhabited that role and I, I just feel I have a sense I'm going to see Logan, and I'm going to lose it uh, emotionally. It's it's going to be a, devast- a devastating thing because sometimes I've taken Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine for granted. Of course, I'll we all that. have. Yeah, I think we all have. And the I movie- think it's because it's had ups and downs. Like yeah. if you if if you talk about his performance in general between all the films, there have been some lows, <laughs> but yeah. but but the highs are, are magic. Like in X two when he's defending the kids. That's the shit. Like, that yeah. whole scene is jaw-dropping. You know what I mean? 
but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like you do kind of take him for granted. Like he has played this role for so many years that you're like, yeah, it's Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, whatever. But when you lay it all out, the positive moments are very positive, you know. And um, I, I'm, I agree with you. I think Logan is going to surprise the fucking planet. I think Logan's going to rock people, you know. And from the people that have seen it that we know, love and respect, they've lost their minds. Over, over Logan, like they've all just been like, "Holy shit!" You know, and some have even cr- some have even cried at Logan. You know, so um, I'm there. You know, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> some must be there tomorrow night, Thursday. Some must be there Friday. So hit me. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of superheroes. Right or comic book characters? Comic book comic characters. Book characters. He, he's not much of a superhero. Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, they shoot it. They shoot at him. No, no, no bullets hit him. Uh, Dick Tracy, starring yes. starring Warren Beatty, who oh of Oscars fame. Uh, right, yeah, he he presented the Best Picture winner along with um, <laughs> Faye Dunaway and gave it to La La Land, and that was it. Right? I mean, uh, I went to bed and uh, that's that that's a story. And now I'm, sure, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what's wrong, Matt? I mean, he gave it to La La Land, and that was oh, I it. Don't so, know. what do you mean you don't yeah, know? Okay. What's going on? I mean, <laughs> actually, La La Land didn't win. What? 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 What are you saying? Uh, it, it actually went to uh, that little movie called Moonlight. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's what happened. What you, it did. They what? read the wrong name. They gave them the wrong envelope. The what? Wrong envelope? What do you mean? How? Yeah, how? It's how crazy. Could, how what could a something, crazy. How could well, something see, like that happen? Well, you see, the guy that was handing out the envelopes was tweeting, and uh, he wasn't really paying attention, so he was just like, oh, you're Warren Beatty, whatever, I see you every year. Take an envelope and just go on stage. And he just gave it to him, and then he, you know, gave him the wrong envelope. He's a moron. You're telling me the people backstage, the the, the I'm telling you that someone who is currently unemployed <laughs> gave the wrong envelope to Dick Tracy. They, <laughs> you're telling me the like that guy fucked up the the biggest award of the night. Yes, he did at the finish line at the, at the very like, last like three minutes of the show. And it wasn't even like they fucked up. Oh, best supporting actor or like no, best no, no, visual no, no, no. effects. No, no, no. They they fucked up best picture. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen at an award show. I was I, I was screaming at my television. I could not. I was. Fuck, I, I, was I, I could not believe it. I cannot believe it. They were all in the middle of their motherfucking speeches, and, and then the guy goes, like, "Oh wait, we didn't win. Wait, what?" Oh. Mind blowing. Yeah, in, in in the nineteen years I've seen the Oscars, I've seen <laughs> pretty much crazy. every single award uh, handed out, like live on on TV. Uh. Yeah, that the yeah the the best picture uh, kerfuffle. That's the that's the craziest that's, thing I've ever seen. Legit crazy pants. It's insane, and I, the the people on Twitter. I just I, I literally cannot even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame Warren. Beatty at all. I don't. I don't, I, I don't either. If you rewatch that footage, like clearly somebody fucked up backstage, and you could tell yeah. by his actions. It's like he he read it. He was like, "This is wrong." He looked like, what in the, the fuck am he, I supposed yeah, to do? Exactly. He looked in the envelope and he showed it to Faye. Like, look at this shit. And then she was like, "La la la!" <laughs> and, and, and then so, there's like there's audio too. You can hear them. I think MTV released it on Twitter. Yeah. There's audio of him literally saying. It says Emma Stone for Best Actress, and she goes, "Huh?" Like, <laughs> yeah. th- and you're just like, "Yo, like this and is they bad." Look the, they look at the envelope and they have that reaction, which is basically like, "What the hell am I supposed to do with this?" Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, 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 I think I mentioned this, like on our Slack message system. I was like, I, 
I can't even imagine being in that position. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do? Like, like shout to like somebody off stage? I have the wrong. What's going on? I have the wrong envelope. Like, uh, of course he's Warren Beatty. You know whatever the fuck he wants. He's play, he's trying to play it cool, but rules how... don't apply to him. <laughs> <laughs> he could have easily said, "Rules don't apply." Best picture winner. I, li- I if I'm I was... like, wait, what? <laughs> Seriously, if if it was me and we're in front of like. Million, it's televised in front of millions, obviously. If it was me, I would totally be like, guys, somebody handed me the wrong envelope. Please come yeah. fix this. Like, I would stop the show. I don't give a fuck if it costs yeah, exactly. a pair of time. Like, whatever. I would I would say, guys, I literally have the best actress envelope. Somebody uh, backstage <laughs> gave me the Some, wrong shit. I'd blame it on, you know, live tweeter, guys. You know? And so, so yeah, I would literally call that out and not like go, "Hey, Faye, look at this!" <laughs> and, like, like that's crazy. Like that's right, absolutely right. crazy. He sh- he should have just been like, "Guys, I'm sorry, this isn't part of the show." I and held it up, you know, in front of the camera, held it up and be like, "Somebody handed me the wrong envelope. Just please, somebody come give me the right envelope, and we'll get and we'll get the show on the road." I'm sorry, but guess- somebody gave me the wrong shit. But. He's, you know, he's he's old and terrible. So, like, what are, <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do? You know, you know. He, he is a dick, <clears throat> Dick and, Tracy. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I, I totally get you, Rocky. I mean, yeah, he's Warren Beatty. I, I guess he was trying to, I, uh, just 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 this act, just ham it up, right? Just maybe waiting for that envelope to finally reach him. Yeah, I, I guess he probably thought that like the envelope was gonna be run onto the stage to him. Yeah, because he was like, he, he didn't want to stop the show. He, I guess he just, want, just wanted to play for the cameras just a bit. Uh, but he made the mistake of showing it to Faye, and like Faye just goes, hey, La La Land. She, I, I don't know what was going through her mind. What I is mean, wrong with her? She did not see Emma Stone's name like in bold. I don't know. But Yeah. yeah. But, and, then, and then props to um, to that producer. Emma Stone won Best Picture. Wait, what? <laughs> Emma, Stone. Emma Stone comes on stage. Yes, that's true. But uh, but I, I but props to, well, what's his name? Uh, Horitz? The, the the producer of La La Land who yeah. was the hero and 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 I I see the problem like the 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 front page story was like yeah La La Land producer like uh, basically saves the end and, and gives it to Moonlight it it takes away from Moonlight's huge win I mean for the, the last like what five minutes we we were talking about Warren Beatty and the best picture thing like we should be talking about how Moonlight won best picture yeah. so that that's a shame on that level but I'm still happy. I'm I'm ecstatic that Moonlight won Best Picture. It it, it like it seemed like a year ago like it, it had like little to no chance. Then it just kept building and building, and it, it makes complete sense that so many people are half fond over are still fonding over Moonlight. I know Matt, it's our number one movie of the year, right? It was. It was. And Ryan Rocky, and where, where did it fall on your list? I didn't rank mine, but it was in there. Like, yeah, for it's sure. in your top ten. I, I, I said in no particular order, and, and I submitted my films. But like Moonlight was in there for sure. I, I saw that film at the draft house by myself, and I left that theater. I basically described it as like somebody threw me in the air and hit me with a shotgun, and all my pieces were all over Austin, Texas. That's Damn. how I, that's how I described that movie. Like it, it wrecked me. Like it, it's beautiful, you know. Um, there's something to it. I mean, like that's that's pure magic. It's why you love movies, and I'm, I'm glad that. And this has been brought up too. I'm very glad that not only did it win Best Picture, but the cast is all black. It's a gay story. It's a film that was shot for a million dollars in change. Yeah, We're ta- that that is that should have not made it 
at all. That that's a that's the underdog story in a nutshell. Like that movie is special for a million fucking reasons. Like if you came up with that script to any studio besides the the fucking geniuses at A twenty four, if you went to any other studio, Universal, you you would have got a door slammed on you they or laughed you out or, the door. Not not just laughed you out the door. You might have gotten oh, that's sweet, but we're not going to do that. Like, there's no way. Unless yeah. you can get, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, unless you can get Brad Pitt, like, we're not going to do this movie. No, that movie defies all those shitty rules to why films don't get made. But they you know? did get Brad Pitt. <clears throat> true, to, to put in some money. That, that's <laughs> true. If Plan B yeah. produced it. They did get Brad Pitt, so there you go. <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. You're right. But, I know what you mean, though. They didn't have Brad Pitt show up in the movie. Thank you. The, the star power is what I'm getting at, not not the yeah. money. But it's so good that I, I I love the fact that everything I just said is real. Like we are living in a world where that happened. Like in our lifetimes, a tiny budget movie produced by a fucking great studio. I've been raving about A24 forever. Yeah. Like uh, again, all black cast and they speak black you know what I'm saying like they talk like they're from that community it's not bullshit there's nothing bullshit about that movie the screenwriters you know are legit the fucking again it's a it's a it's a gay story it's amazing there's so much to it and beyond everything I've just said the movie's fucking beautiful I don't see how you could not like Moonlight at all like the, the third act of that film is why you watch movies it's too people connecting mm-hmm. and it's it's done in such a manner that you're like you cannot knock it you can't deny it and it, it services the story that it's trying to tell it's not trying to fucking be grandiose you know um i, I think the final three shots of that movie are fucking like beautiful like i mean just jaw-droppingly beautiful you know, and uh, not to go off on a moonlight tangent because, like, this is Dick Tracy time. But, like, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, like, it, it it warrants that much praise and that much love. I mean, Mo- Moonlight is one of the greatest Best Picture winners I've seen in my lifetime. Like, I'm, I'm 37 as of this recording. That is one of the best things I've ever seen win Best Picture. Period. Like, end of story. It's it's in the top three easily. Oh. Beautiful film. I mean, I uh, I've seen the show countless times. Like, I love La La Land, but you know, it it got plenty that that night. Yeah, it, it got what director, song, whatever, cinematography, so, yeah. cinematography. Yeah, it got like six, I think. <clears throat> um, yeah, but yeah, I nice. I am so happy that uh, Bar- Barry Jenkins got best screenplay, adapted screenplay, right, and also uh, Moonlight got best picture. So. Again, eh, what a fucking mess that ending was of that it was show. Wild. It was uh, great. Would have preferred to have you know Moonlight be the straight winner, <laughs> to have you know the producers and Barry Jenkins have that time in the end. But hey, no, you know nobody's going to forget this for however long the Oscars go to. So oh no, that that this is a legendary clusterfuck. It's it's one it's one of the <laughs> it's one of the best mistakes like ever. It's the best water cooler conversation. It's like so. Amazing, and at the end of the day, Moonlight won Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I guess that that's like the positive thing. Like they they're gonna have those two movies in this. I mean, you're gonna have to bring up Moonlight because it won Best Picture. Like that's the number one on the list. But then you also say, you know, it took La La. <laughs> it didn't take La La Land's award, but 
you know what I mean. But yeah, it, La, La Land it, was La La Land was best picture for like you know 180 yeah, seconds for like three minutes, right? right. But yeah, it's great. But you, you, people are never gonna forget <laughs> Moonlight, so that's a positive. So. There you go. But Dick Tracy. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm Dick sure, Tracy rules. I'm sure. I, I, I saw I'm it in sure, theaters. I'm, I'm sure, oh, you saw it in theaters? See, I'm, I'm jealous. Because th- this is a movie I saw as a kid, like, on VHS. Oh, I saw this in theaters. Like, countless times. I'm jealous of you guys. I, I really want, like, the Draft House or somebody to show this on the big screen. Because I... This is the first time I've, I, I've, I've seen this movie since... Like I was a kid. Like oh wow, it's terrific. So it's many, so much fun. So many years. Like I, I, I watched this over the weekend again. Like not knowing that Warren Beatty would <laughs> make that huge follow up. Be such a pivotal figure. In yeah. <laughs> like I saw this on Saturday, and then, uh, and then Sunday that happened. But no, I saw Dick Tracy like when I was a kid, early nineties. And I had the watch. I think we were talking about yeah, this I also off had mic. The watch. Yeah, I had the watch. I played the uh, the board game that I shared in the little chat here. Um, I had the bed sheets. I had everything. Yeah, I think I was just as obsessed. Yeah, it was great. I, I had the trading cards. I had the action figures. I had the whole shebang for when it came to Dick Tracy when I was a kid. Yeah, and then watching it now as an adult, I'm kind of like blown away. I'm like, man, this is beautiful. It's so pretty. It Victoria is. Ferraro doing the cinematography here. His colors are off the charts. It is bizarre in like the yeah. best way possible. The cast is killer. I forgot. <laughs> like some of these people, I forgot were in this. How yeah, James, James in Con, this? William Forsythe. I think it's the beginning of Pacino's ham performances. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? But you know what? He's great in this. Oh yeah, I'm not taking anything from him at all. Like um, everything you just said to the nth degree. I think the color palette of this film is great. I love the fact that they embrace the weird. I mean, they really go there with prune face, flat top, and like all the little classics. Face. You know, little face. They go there, mumbles. Like they go there with all these. Bizarre, like villains, you know. The brow, that can, yeah, the brow that can only exist in a in a comic strip, you know. And Paul Servino playing the oyster shucking dude. What's his name? Lip, lips? lips, manless. Lips, yeah. Lips, like, manless. I had his action figure, and he came with concrete shoes. That, <laughs> it was the that's best. So, that's so dope. Like, there's there's something about it. Like, and I would even say that the Madonna songs work much like the Prince songs work in Batman. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's it's, well, it's one of those that, that's it's one of those weird for mixes. Writing those songs, it works. Um, that, I love Dick Tracy. I mean, the the, the for the for the matte paintings, mm-hmm. for for the embracing of that color palette and the embracing of the weird. It's kind of undeniable and. What you're saying, Matt? Too the performances are great. I think William Forsythe as Flat Top is amazing. Oh my and, god, yes! You know he's he's legit psychotic in that role. Uh, love him to death. And then um, Pacino's just fucking going for it. You know, oh, big boy Caprice. Come on, yeah. And, and the the little boy uh, who eats a lot. Um, the kid, I forget the actor's name. Just I can't remember to save my life, but. Not so many people know this, but that kid is like legit smart. Um, he's yeah, he, he left acting. Yeah, we're, we're talking MIT, like, could send you to space type shit. Like, yeah. I mean, th- this kid is legit a brainiac, and uh, that's that's cool to know, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, he did I, I, this and Hook and a few others, and that was it. Yeah, he, he was like, I'm good. <laughs> I work with Spielberg, I work with Beatty, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. I yeah. worked with the legends. Bye-bye. I love it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick, Dick Tracy forever. I mean, I, I love Dick Tracy. You know, um, big, big, big fan. I'm glad we're talking about it. It's just one of those odd, colorful Disney joints. You know that that matters. 
Yeah, and speaking of Oscars, it won three Oscars, like for Best Original Song, Best Makeup, and Best Art Direction. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm I'm happy I revisited it. Uh, it's it's one I, I kind of want to rewatch already. Um, it has that type of it, I, it has a type of like rewatchability that I think that it's, it's <laughs> um, I'm not surprised I watched this so much as a kid. And, oh, it's great! Yeah, and, and for and for some reason I had forgot a lot of it. So watching it like oh, now, okay, cool. it, like it all flooded back. I was like, oh, you're like, oh, I remember this. I remember Dustin Hoffman's like crazy role as oh my god mumbles mumbles. <laughs> I just remember, wanted the water. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember as a kid uh, now ogling Madonna. <laughs> who <sighs> oh she's something else in this. I she's I, I love her in this. Oh she, she's I, I will so take damn good no there. bad words against her in this film. No. She's terrific. She's that really creepy good. distorted voice work too. Like I remember mm-hmm. as a kid being like that's creepy. Yep. You know, I saw this and Roger Rabbit very in close proximity to each other, yeah. and they both they both kind of meant the world to me because they were so just colorful, and and even when they got dark, and even when there was murder in both films, like it, I never got freaked out as a child. I remember just being like, "This is fucking great!" Like you know, embracing that stuff and being like, "This is so special!" Like the, the it's just warm. And inviting for as you know violent as it can get, you know there's something something very special about that contrast. You know, you look. I learned a lesson of contrast early, like for real, because of films like that. And a big fan of Zemeckis and Beatty for that. It, it like not not as a whole, I would say, but just for those two pieces in particular, yeah. like it's kind of undeniable. Like it just really really good filmmaking on both of those films. Yeah, um, so Dick Tracy. I, I I would recommend people revisit it, see it for the first time. Uh, it's it's really one of the. I mean, in this early 2017, like it's already top rewatch for me, top revisit. So, oh, it's it's a, it's an amazing movie, and I need to see uh, that Dick Tracy TV special. No, you don't. I, <laughs> from the I I I've never seen it. Uh, no, you don't. Our good friend Rob Trent sent us the link, but I you mean, skip it. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> it sound it from the. It sounds crazy, Matt. What what is this TV special? It's it's w- really weird, like behind the scenes, twenty years later thing, like an interview with Warren Beatty, but in character as Dick. Tra- I don't. know. It was something so he could like hold on to the rights. <laughs> 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 he, it's no, just no. <laughs> but I want to. No, nah, we good. No, nah, we good. Uh, would uh, Would you want to see a Dick Tracy? I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was shot by Lubetsky. Yeah, so that's something. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and yes, I would love to see a Dick Tracy too. Because I don't it, want a reboot. I want a Dick Tracy too. Because even like last year when Bailey was on the uh, the press tour for D- Rules Don't Apply, I think he brought it up. Like he was still want to do it. So um, I, I I'm into that. I'm not totally he still has the rights. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so tickled. Yeah, you talked about this a few months ago, right? Yes. Let me say this. So tickled the, the documentary about professional tickling. It premiered. Okay. <laughs> it's it's even more crazy than that. Uh, but uh, that premiered on HBO this past week. And following the premiere... This is a documentary about uh, Amy Adams' tickle guns in Arrival, yes? <laughs> tickle? No, it is not. Oh, okay. It is not, it's not a spinoff of Arrival, but the Damn documentary it. is on HBO now, so check the documentary Tickled out. Um, but also on HBO now, uh, the app, I think HBO now, HBO Go, it has this. 
uh, it's a sequel short film called The Tickle King. Oh, God. Which follows up on the documentarian who made the film and the the people. Tickle King? The, I'm not going to reveal who the Tickle King is. <laughs> but That's, You have to, though. The movie's called The Tickle King. No, but you have to. It's a sequel to Tickled. So you have to see Tickled first. Be kind of blown away by that craziness of a, of a story. And then you have to see The Tickle King. So, I, I no spoilers here, but the I'll say if you've seen Tickled, you have to see the Tickle King. Okay, it's it's a great little follow up. Um, I don't care for Job, <laughs> but but man, like if if you were blown away by the end of the of of Tickled, you will be continuously blown away by what happens in the the uh, Tickle King. So it's twenty minutes. I'm again highly recommend it. Uh, it. It's a very good sequel to Tickled. So I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I, I, I need to see it. Like it's like I'm I'm well aware of, of Tickled. Uh, the, the trailer kind of floored me. I was just like, this is a real thing, and this is fucked up. Like this is weird. Uh, obviously, humans do fucked up shit all the time. Yeah, but um, like th- vote for Orange Hitler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. But um. There's something about a tickle competition that's like fucking outlandish. Weird. Like, yeah, it's hella weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, weird is the key word there. Yeah, like it's it's not even perverse. It's not even fucked up. It's just weird. It's like, why the fuck would you do that? But anyway, <laughs> any, who is wrong with you? Yeah, what is wrong with y'all? And, and I love the fact that there's like a documentary plus a sequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that continues that continues the lore of these uh, ticklers. It, it, so, it's weird. I, I, I lore can, too deep. Again, lore not. Too- not to get uh, too spoilery, but I could easily see this being like a series. Oh god! Like uh, kind of like Catfish. I don't want it. But man, again, fellow fellas on the uh, on this line on this podcast line, Matt and Rocky and listeners, please see Tickled and then see Tickled King. So I'm Oof. all about it. Like what? honestly, I, I like docs like big time, and I like. I like weird ducks, you know. Um, and this one's definitely weird. Yeah, because if, if if you've only seen the trailer, that's just like the. I get yeah the tip of the iceberg, it gets it goes down a rabbit hole of craziness. So, oh boy. Yeah, um, so that's tickled and the tickle king now on HBO and HBO Go HBO Now. This this podcast is not sponsored by HBO. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, use promo code Haycast when you check right. out at HBO for five months free of HBO. <laughs> <laughs> no patent pending. <laughs> Uh, but another movie that no, there's no transition from from being no, there from no. tickled uh, to Gladiator. Uh, I'm guessing Matt, you saw the movie Gladiator recently, right? I did. I revisited another one of my favorite Ridley Scott movies, um, and which a, is something that I say a lot when I say I watched a Ridley Scott movie and a Best Picture winner, right? Another Best Picture winner. That I, yeah, this weekend I did a little Oscars thing where I just watched my favorite Best Picture winners. Uh, I revisited the extended edition of. Gladiator, which uh, ratchets up the violence quite a bit, but also, uh, thankfully enough, uh, ratchets up the Senate intrigue, um, the whole plot against uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Emperor Commodus. I really love the backdoor dealings that uh, Derek Jacobi um, does with uh, Connie Nielsen in this, uh, and there's a lot more of that in the extended cut. Um, And for the first time, I watched the making of Gladiator, and uh, it's this three-hour documentary uh, making of where it starts out with a an on-set interview 
with Ridley Scott, and he says, you know, they they brought me this this uh, this idea for a movie. They showed me uh, one concept drawing, and my response was, uh, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he would never be able to pull this thing off because the scale was just so big, so much bigger than anything he had ever attempted before. Um, but he pulled it off uh, with spades. Uh, this this uh, Ridley Scott here outdoes himself uh, from an epic standpoint. I mean, he's made you know more intimate films, obviously, but for him to go for broke and just make this sword and sandal epic that you know hasn't that hasn't been a success in hollywood uh this movie's also 17 years old um yeah we're old um i bought x-men and gladiator on dvd the same day nice nice yeah i saw this movie a a few times a few times in theaters um it's it's really good and it's just one of those movies that like it shows that like if you have a good story and it's entertaining enough people will latch on to it. Um, that's another thing they said in the making of. Like, They tried to do a sword and sandal doc, uh, movie that you know really hasn't been a success since, what, Spartacus? Yeah. <laughs> since it's, been, the, it's been a minute. Since the 60s? I mean, they haven't... The Hollywood hasn't had this big of a hit, and for it to go all the way and win Best Picture, and, you know, unfortunately it didn't win Best Director, you know, because they gave it to Soderbergh, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, he made two great movies back in that year. Well, yeah. was, that, uh, was that his Brockovich win, or was that his Traffic win? Traffic. Uh, he won for Traffic, but he put out Brockovich and Traffic in the same year, which that's a great feat for him. But, Got I mean, it. this this is one of Ridley Scott's most impressive, uh, from a visual standpoint and a storytelling standpoint, uh, one of his best pictures. I really love the work he does here. Uh, there's a lot of great little character moments uh, thrown here and out, uh, here and there. Um, it's endlessly quotable, too. I mean... I mean, I'll say this uh, on the regular, you know, uh, what we do in life echoes in eternity. I love that line. And um, my best friend, actually, uh, every time that it's cold out, uh, we will look at each other and say, the frost, sometimes it makes the blade stick. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those weird, like, little quotes that we'll throw back and forth with each other. I love Gladiator. It's It was uh, one of my first Ridley Scott films when I was a kid, uh, after seeing, you know, Alien when I was a little younger. Uh, but I love this thing. It is tremendous. Yeah, I dig uh, it too. Like, um, I think Kingdom of Heaven is a much better film, but uh, there's something about Gladiator that's rad. It's like it does have a, a good quotable script. I think Joaquin. That was the first time I was like, "Hey, this guy's good." Oh yeah, same like, here. That, like, the first time I even knew who he was. Yeah, for me, it, that's when it clicked. That's that's when I was like, "Dude, you play a really, really good baddie." Like a yeah, really. He does deplorable like bad man and he's such a pizza <laughs> oh he, he's he's a jerk but I, I like him in that movie but I, I think um, I, I like the the directing choices too like I, I love how we see his hand going through the wheat field and he's uh-huh. just day, he's just daydreaming about it and then that totally pays off like in the ending like I really like that and then um you know it, it just gets a lot more right than wrong and, and I, I really think the whole um are you not entertained? Is this not why you're here? Like, I, I think that's hilarious. Like just the fact that he runs through all those people, like <laughs> it ain't shit, and he's just like fuck y'all. You know what I mean? Like I've been in this shitty sword into the stands. So long. Yeah, he's just like I'm over this shit. Like I'm just I, I can kill anything you throw at me. That's how much rage I have. That's how like hulked out I am at this point. Like like fuck all y'all. Like uh, I mean it. 
It's really silly, yes, and this has been brought up a billion times, even by South Park, that, you know, a Spaniard sounds like an Aussie, but that's that's kind of really not the point it's of, fine. Of, of the piece. It's like, I, again, we've talked about this already, Matt, like, I'm weird with accents, so it, it always... <laughs> yes, I know. It always sticks out to me when a bad accent hits a movie, but the, the overall structure of the film is fine, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And again, I, I always say The Kingdom of Heaven is better... But that's, you know, the only thing that they have in common is the same man directed it. The stories couldn't be exactly. any different. They're, they're so radically different from one another. But it's just a matter of taste. But, man, Gladiator, it hums. It, it definitely hums. And I like what he does with some of the editing, some of the frame rate. Like, I, I really love Oh, my how, God, yes. Like, when he, when they're fighting the, the German horde uh, in the beginning. Sefecta Hunda. yeah. <laughs> And the big man is swinging that huge mallet, and the way the mud flies off the fucking like people that he's hitting, and you can tell he's fucking with film speeds there, and you know he's chopping weird, and like I like shows. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, the, the dog going through the fire. There's so many images that like stand out. I haven't seen Gladiator in years. But you and remember I, those sequences. I, I remember all this shit, like like yeah. all of it, you know. So that's the testament of a, a good film, and that's the testament of just good camera work and editing, you know. Period. So I got to give it up to Gladiator. I really do. Like I'm I'm really cool with it. And again, it's to me that the announcement of dude, Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor. Holy yeah. shit! You know, like this is kind of where it stood out to me. And he's not yeah. the only good actor here. I mean, you obviously have him. You obviously have Russell Crowe. Uh, you have a great Richard Harris performance, one of his final uh, screen performances as uh, um, as the former emperor. And then you have Oliver Reed. Holy yeah. crap. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away halfway through filming, so they had to do some weird you know, tricks to do his final scene. But, I mean, holy crap. Um I love Oliver Reed in this movie. He has yeah. he has never never been more uh, bombastic and uh, impressive than he is here as uh, Proximo. Uh, two, two, two things that he says: uh, "You saw me queer giraffes." Like that's funny, and, yes. and the, whole, the whole bit where he's like. <laughs> I didn't say I knew him. I said he touched me on the shoulder once. Like yes. the way he says that is like the funniest shit. Like to me, he's like so I said good. he touched me on the shoulder once. Like it's so fucking British and so Oliver Reed. I love it. I can't I handle it. it. I love it. But back to Richard Harris, real quick before we move on from Gladiator. The the touch that Harris brings to the table that I always liked is when the first battle sequence happens and he hears um, Russell Crowe in the distance shout victory, you know? Like, yeah. we won, rah! And he has that moment of like, oh, the son I should have had is alive. And he has that like, you know, oh, thank God he, he lived, you know? That's yeah. a really telling and touching moment of their relationship in, in the film. I, I really love it. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, though, uh, uh, I was just reminded that Matt, you saw the Hurt Locker, right? As part of your uh, Best Picture Weekend. Best Picture Weekend. Um, uh, yeah, this. Um, I fucking love the Hurt Locker. Uh, it has some of the greatest, uh, like, small performances uh, that I've seen. I. This is the movie that. Growing up, I wasn't really familiar with Catherine Bigelow, and when this movie came out, I really latched on and I tried to seek out uh, some of her pictures. Really loved her uh, from this point forward, and I just have to say, watching the Oscars that year, it was kind of nice to see her um, beat her ex-husband 
to the best director Oscar. Uh, that made me smile so hard. Oh yeah. And also kind of baffling that she's the only woman to ever win best director. Uh, shame. Honestly, yeah, she she rocked the Hurt Locker. I've been a fan since Near Dark, and then I'm a huge, huge Point Break fan. I think Point Break is fucking incredible. It's one of the better '90s action pictures. Nice, um, big fan. And so, of course, like I'm I'm first in line for Hurt Locker, and I love the fact that it's not a war film. It's a film about an addiction to adrenaline. Exactly. Uh, it, it's it's amazing. It's like it has a war setting. Yes. But it's it's about addiction, and th- that's what's so cool about that piece. And, and I think the best thing about it too, Hurt Locker, is you get these major stars, and she pulls the rug from under you. Like, nope, yeah. they're not they're not in this movie at all. You get Guy oh, Pearce for like five minutes. You get Ray Fiennes for five minutes. Yeah, and it's incredible. And but then and you she- have then you have like Jeremy Renner. It's like no one knew who this guy was. When this movie came out, it was like, who is this man? Like, he's really good. Same thing goes for Anthony Mackie. And then, like, years later, now they are the big stars. Yeah, that, they're, they're doing great work now, you know. Uh, uh, like, the town for Renner and, like, look at Hap Nelson for Anthony Mackie. Like, there's a lot of really good performances from both guys, like, later on down the line. Um, but, yeah, Jeremy Renner, if you watch The Assassination of Jesse James uh, by the coward Robert Ford, he's got a very, very tiny part. But nothing to stand out. But yeah, Hurt Locker was definitely his show. Yeah. Hurt Locker was definitely like, hey, I'm here as an actor, and I'm glad Bigelow put a lot of trust in him. And yeah. w- one thing I got to say, too, about the Hurt Locker, um, two things. One, I, I love it. Like, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. I'm so glad she won Best Director. I'm, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad that you like it, because I've met people who do not like this movie. No, 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 no. I, people like, are weird. And the reason I'm, I'm all like, no, 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 is because Bigelow has shown her strength for years, and I'm very glad that it became an Academy darling, and even happier that she won. Because not only did she make history, but that woman's been putting in work for mm-hmm. decades. It's been good fucking work, and I'm so glad that she made a picture in her lifetime where she got a lot of love. And back to what you're saying about... Um, uh, uh, Cameron, her, her beating Cameron. There's that <laughs> wonder, there's that wonderful shot of him jokingly, like at an after party, like strangling her, like with with her hands, like oh, I can't <laughs> believe you fucking won, and she's smiling like through the choke, you know, kind of. Oh. Ah. <laughs> and it's such a it's a lovely like moment of like we're still friends. Like obviously the marriage didn't work because like I'm a workaholic oh, yeah. and probably an asshole. And but... I and I and I sleep with a lot of the actresses in my movies. <laughs> that. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, that happened but, during Titanic. That's why they got divorced, right? I, I didn't. I, I don't know anything about that. That's why I was like, so I can't. Oh, comment. yeah. Uh, he he had an affair with the uh, one actress in Titanic. She played Vasquez in Aliens. Shut up. Is this, oh yeah, that's the thing that happened. Yeah, that's the is thing. This, is this like uh, uh, allegedly, uh, or is this? Well, like, this thing. I remember reading. I remember reading this years ago. Yeah, this is the thing. Okay. All right. Or <laughs> I was gonna make sure, man. We don't want James Cameron's lawyers on the phone uh, and suing Haycast. So I don't think he gives a shit. Do you don't think so? But no. I, I, I'm like Rocky. I had no idea that was going. Oh, on. Oh yeah, no, that happened. Yeah, yeah, he does that. All right. Before I forget, though. So um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Like um, that was just funny. Like because I, I didn't know about that, so I didn't really want. <laughs> yeah. So, but there's a sequence in Hurt Locker. Uh, there's a couple sequences that are great, by the way. Um, it's well directed. It's air, it's intense. You know, very a lot of tension, a lot of buildup. 
Um, but there's a sniper sequence in that film. Oh my god! That is an all timer. It's one of the best action sequences like of that year, and also just like in her entire filmography. And she's got a lot of dope action sequences. You look at the opening of Strange Days. You look at a good chunk of Point Break. That woman can direct action, plain and fucking simple. And there's something about that sniper sequence that you feel every single shot. You feel that heat. You feel that Capri Sun that they're fucking sharing and sipping on. It's amazing. It's it's just tight directing. And again, like Catherine, like that woman can direct. You know, there's no other way of wording it. Like there are some people that are built for action adventure type of cinema. She is one of those people that was put on this earth to do it. And I'm so glad that, like, you know, again, in her lifetime, she was recognized by, you know, such a prestigious awards show. I mean, accolades or whatever, a good film's a good film. Yeah. I would still be all over the Hurt Locker's, you know, jock, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and I'd be all over this film regardless. But it's sweet to see that happen. I'm, I'm so glad it did because Hurt Locker's fire, dude. Hurt Locker is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Two quick things uh, about Hurt Locker. Uh, Brian Garrity, he plays uh, the specialist Owen. He's the other guy in the trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to him because uh, he's from my hometown here. He's yeah. hometown. Awesome. So yeah, he's uh, Tom's River Boy does good. <laughs> and uh, also, I would like to correct my earlier statement. About what, Matt? The affair. <laughs> See? <laughs> he, he divorced Catherine Bigelow in 91 he was married to Linda Hamilton when he had an affair with Vasquez. Oh, okay. I mixed up the two wives. He's been married five times. I can't keep track. Wait, yeah. so, okay, one last question, then we can move on from this. Yes. So when exactly did he have the affair? with? During the filming of Titanic. He was married from uh, married to Linda Hamilton for a few years. And, oh, okay. And then, you know, during the filming of Titanic, he had an affair with that actress, and Hamilton was having none of it. And gotcha. that's how that works. Well, okay. So That's also why Linda Hamilton didn't come back for the Titan- uh, Terminator sequels, because he was the producer and she didn't want to do that. <laughs> there you go. So that's, uh, that's our Scandal Corner for Hey What You Watching. Ooh, Scandal Corner. <laughs> A little chatty Cathy. I can't help it. <laughs> uh, Sc- scandal Corner. <laughs> speaking, of sc- speaking of Scandal... There was some some scandal in a in a in a car during a desert uh, storm sequence. I need to see this movie. I picked it up the other day. I can't wait to watch it. Rocky, you saw Allied. Yeah, I finally saw uh, Allied, which is the um, the homewrecker the homewrecker movie. Apparently. Oh yeah. 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 Speaking of uh, yeah, uh, 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 this is the affair. <laughs> this is this is Haycast after dark. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's about to be Jesus. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna speak on fucking ally. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, like, honestly glad that Zemeckis is kind of leaving the digital world and making real movies again. Like, I didn't exactly hate Flight, but I didn't exactly like love it either. But there's some stuff in there that's awesome. Um, the, the needle drops are too on the nose. I think that's the biggest thing I, I dislike is the song choices are like, really, dude? Like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, but besides that, I'm glad that he's going back to just live action. I'm glad that like 
He's he's put down the toys. There, you're, there you're glad that you're glad that the Beowulf phase is over. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And, and again, which I, I don't hate because there's things in Beowulf that are fucking great. Honestly, like I mean, Grendel is amazing, and uh, what Crispin Glover was doing with that was pretty special. Uh, speaking in you know that language and ripping people shreds and like <laughs> there's something about that that's pretty cool and there's also some really good editing in there uh, even if the CG doesn't quite hold the transitions in, in editing were pretty fucking dope man and some of the camera work eh, you can't pull off unless you're doing something like that like a motion capture thing uh, so anyway that, that's enough of Beowulf but I'm very glad that he's, <laughs> he's kind of putting down the toys he's kind of coming back to live action and even though Allied had some special effects in it like I, I want him to make more grounded movies again because he's capable of doing this like um, it's okay to make special effects with your live action but you need to keep the live action at like the 80% to, to 90% threshold you know exactly. um, that, that's why Fincher I think is so goddamn successful Zodiac is jam packed special effects but you wouldn't know it because it's grounded, in, <laughs> yeah. it's grounded it's grounded in such craft you know and, and in such like you know reality, reality. Yeah. yeah and that's kind of why I, I'm, I'm okay with Allied like I'm not like madly in love with it but like I'm very fine with it and more to the point what I said I'm glad that he's doing that again I'm glad that he's going back to grounded pieces you know like simple stories you know uh, it, there's a lot of intrigue there's a lot of back and forth uh, it's a lot more violent than I expected it to be which is like damn you know like you got pretty gnarly in some of these sequences Zemeckis so that was cool to see um, I, I don't think I'd ever watch it again like honestly but like I you know I didn't fucking hate it you know and um, I, I didn't <laughs> even think I didn't even think about that whole Jolie Pitt thing the whole time. I just actually watched the movie for what it was, and I was fine with it. You know, like it's an in, it's an interesting game. You know, back and forth. Is she a spy? Is she not a spy? Ah, you know, like all this bullshit. So I don't know. It, it's fine. It, it, okay, <laughs> now that we're talking about this, I, I just got reminded of something. Uh, they play that fucking song. Uh, um, that jazz standard from back in the day. Oh my god, is it in the mood? Uh, I don't know. Is it? I'm, I, I need to look this up, and I apologize. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Like, anybody listening. <laughs> I've seen it, but I don't know what it is. They, they play this song that is just like in every World War II movie. It's even in one of my favorite fucking Bakshi films, American Pop, where there's uh, there's a story that takes place like all through multiple generations of a family's life, and one of the, one of the generations is in World War II, and they play this song over it you know and it's just like god damn it like stop using this fucking track it's like we get it we're in world war ii you know like play something else you know and so he did it again where he uses this obvious needle drop and it's like yo who's picking your jams and <laughs> get, get like and like throw away your ipod and come up with some new tracks you know like because he still obviously has an ipod he has not moved on <laughs> he, he's not replaced it like with other tracks it's just like the same 30 fucking songs you know oh come like, on he a, has he has an iphone with the ringtone of hiya eddie <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so needless to say uh i'm okay with allied rental only i don't think it's one for the collection at all you know but uh finally got around to it you know See, I, I talked about it when it came out. I, I I liked it a little bit more than Iraqi because I, I am a huge spy film fan, and I think it plays with that genre pretty well. Like, I don't I don't see too many spy movies dealing with marriage the way Ally does, and you know, like the the issue isn't she a spy thing? I think works, especially at the end. I think it has a has a nice payoff. 
but yeah, I, I mean, I would I want to see it again. I'm not like dying to see it again, but I think it's I think it's very well made. I think like for for like you said, Rocky, like a rental, I think it works just fine. Uh, that's where that's where I am with Allied. I know Matt, you bought it, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet though. You should see it. It's good. Well, 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 I <laughs> Obviously, <bought> it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Jesus. Speaking of a movie you've watched, this is the last movie of the finally <laughs> of the show. Uh, not, this, not that finally I've I've wa- I've you know movie I've that that show's over, but finally I saw this. Oh, finally um, you've seen this. So yes, uh, this is I watched uh, Sidney Pollock's 1975 film Three Days of the Condor, uh, which is a movie that my father has been trying to get me to see for about 15 years now. <laughs> And I finally did it, and oh boy, uh, I'm tr- starting to realize that um, '70s like paranoia thrillers are my favorite type of movie. Uh, I love 95% of this movie. It is outside of like one very awkward and off-putting scene. I think this movie is terrific. I really love what Sidney Pollock is doing here. Um, the choices he uses uh, to tell the story is really cool. I love the performances here. Uh, Robert Redford, as always, gives a top shelf performance. Uh, Max von Sydow um, as the uh, the assassin is terrifying in this, uh, and he's so assured of himself and like good at his job that he's just he's just terrifying. Uh, Cliff Robertson uh, from uh, Charlie. Uh, that's where I know him from. Uh, he's great in this as well. And Faye Dunaway, you know, the La La Land. Uh, she's also really good in this. Um, but yeah, no, I really love uh, Three Days of the Condor. It's um, I remember when a few years ago when Captain America Winter Soldier came out and uh, the Russos were claiming as this was one of their big influences on the film. And now I see it. Uh, this is... Uh, Winter Soldier is... Uh, I mean, Three Days of the Condor is Winter Soldier without Captain America. It it's the same basic story. I mean, uh, it's crazy how there's even like sequences that are lifted completely from this, but it doesn't do anything to diminish either either film. It's just they work in tandem with one another. And I know you know a lot of old school people will you know take offense to that, uh, but you're old. Shut up and. I love both of these movies, and it's just really cool to see that the Russos would take a 70s spy thriller and just adapt it for the Marvel Comics crowd. I think yeah. that is really ingenious of them. Totally. And, uh, it, go- it goes beyond props just ca- to them for that. Him. What was that? I'm, oh, sorry. I, I'm just saying it goes beyond casting Redford, you know? Oh, most um, definitely. Way beyond that. I mean, there's even a really intense... Uh, I mean, it's not as action-packed, but it's there's a really intense, like, elevator elevator scene in Three Days of the Condor that just, like, gave me chills. I was like, oh, oh, wow. This is, this is something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's... Um, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, so it's hard for me to, like, quote it. Like, I'll be yeah. honest. Like, but... I do remember watching Winter Soldier and being like, yo, this is like straight up, like the old <laughs> Redford, go. like spy thriller, but in a good way. It's like, it, it's cool that they kind of, you know, brought it into the Marvel U and flipped it their way, you know? And it's respectful as well. It doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't exactly. laugh at the old movie, it respects it totally. 
Yeah, it, it's basically saying it's back to what we said earlier. Uh, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. Exactly. You know, and if you're you're gonna make something, you know, riff on that proper, you know, and uh, they you're did steal, they, steal, steal from you know, hey, Cindy Pollock, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's all right. He, he, that kid can go far. That Pollock. Yeah, you know, he's he's going places. Going places. The future. <laughs> have you have you seen uh, Three Days of the Condor or Pico? Uh it's been a while since I've seen it. I think I saw it like on TCM years ago. Oh, so I'm a late bloomer with this one. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I finally uh, saw it. I'm so happy. Dude, I was I was fucking 21. Like seriously, like I like I was in my early 20s when I finally saw it. Because um, similar story, my my father loved it. And uh, he was just like, yeah, I have a handful of movies that I really love. You need to see Maltese, <laughs> Maltese Falcon, you know. You need to see Three Days of the Condor, you know. You need to see this and that, you know, Bridge on the River Kwai. Like, there's certain films that you need to see, my boy, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And Three Days was one of them. And uh, finally got around to it, and I was like 21. And I, you know, I remember loving it. I remember really liking it. But it's been a minute, and I'm glad we're talking about it because it's going to spark me to want to, like, you know, see it again. It's yeah, gonna... definitely revisit this. It's uh, really <clears throat> something cool. For oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of cool, that was a cool episode we just had. <laughs> oh, my God. I had so much fun. Rock, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, t- talking movies is always the best, and it's always, like, a pleasure. Like, you know... That's my shit, and again, that you get me started, and that's it. We'll be here all night, you know. Like it's, <laughs> that's what I love to do, you know. That's why I work in a fucking video store, and you know, Same. So I try. <laughs> so I try and get out, you know, to uh, to the movies as much as I can. You know, they're still special. They're still magic. They're still, you know, they can move you in so many different ways. Like we can talk Hurt Locker, we could talk Moonlight, we could talk Doctor Strange. It's like we've ran through a varied amount of films, you know, a lot of, like, weird I mean, things. My buddy, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Wes Anthony says it all the time, but I mean, movies are the best. <laughs> I think so. I think, I, I mean, it's that's all there is to it. Movies are, are the best. <laughs> I, I still get excited when I see a trailer. Like, I still cry at movies. I still, like, Same. you know, I, I still get so into them, you know. Like I, that passion is never diminished. That passion is never left. I'm never jaded because there's always something special around the corner, always. And when people, okay, I'm gonna say this one thing, and I mean this sincerely. When people say that stupid shit about this was a bad year for movies, there are no and bad they, years. There are they zero. Don't know where they don't know where to go. Then they don't know where they're enough. not looking hard enough. They don't have the right a- avenues to explore. They don't have the right friends to back them because, or they're just really far up their own asses. It, thank you. There, <laughs> there, there's that too. There's a variety of, of reasons why you would say something that fucking stupid. But seriously, there are no bad years. Uh, you can give me any fucking year, and I will pull out five movies that matter. Or, yeah. like you know, I know I need to see that I haven't gotten to yet. You know, because they've gotten so much love. From people that I admire and respect, exactly. and I think ultimately, even if I don't love that movie, I, w- I have to see it. You know, I have at to. At least like, you'll see where they're coming from. Exactly, and you'll see where that influence comes from, that taste, that that that, uh, that passion. You know, mm-hmm. so there are no bad years for movies. Is the whole point of this thing that I'm trying to blurt out. The, on, like, the only bad year for movies was before movies existed. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Like, like, before before they were talkies. <laughs> like, <laughs> the silent pictures? Nah. 
It's like that one year, was it Edison who uh, electrocuted an elephant? Like that, that was a bad year for movies. That was a bad year for movies. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty awful year for movies. That guy was a oh dick. Topsy. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on record. Uh, fuck Thomas Edison. Guy was a prick. Oh my god, that that was horrific. I don't care that I live about half an hour from Edison, New Jersey. Fuck that guy. Um, and on that note, let's do Tesla, plugs. Tesla all day, fam. <laughs> yeah, Tesla, Nicola, we love you. Uh, plugs, Rocky. Where yes. can the people listening find you? Like online or hey, they can find you in person too, right? If they can find me at the draft house, I'm there a lot. I'm always announcing on Twitter, like you know, whether I'm hitting South Lamar or the Ritz or whatever. Uh, come up and say hi. Uh, don't be shy. I love talking movies, as you can see, um, and I'm non-threatening. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm about as non-threatening as you can get. Uh, but yeah, I, I love uh, meeting new people. In fact, I finally met. Um, Jason, uh, his last name escapes me, but I've interacted with him a million times on Twitter, and he came up to me at the at the fucking Draftcast Ritz, and he was like, "Oh, you're here for Weird Wednesday?" And I was like, "Yeah, I brought my mom." Like, "Hey, hey, what's up?" <laughs> like, "Like, meet my mom." And he was like, "Oh, hi, mom." And <laughs> uh, hello, Mama Rocky. <laughs> Jason Urban uh, is his name, and uh, he's a really sweet guy. I've interacted with him a lot online, and I finally met him. So that's what I'm getting at. Like, come up to me, talk to me, and we'll shoot the shit about movies. So. I'm always at the draft house. I pick up shifts at Vulcan Video. I don't have a permanent schedule anymore because of life shit. But uh, I'll sub shifts all the time, and I'll always announce when I'm there. And online, I'm mainly a Twitter guy. Um, Rocky Warrants, R-O-C-K-I-E-W-A-R-A-N-T-Z. I'm forever talking movies. I'm always hitting you with gifts, and I really, really... Yeah, I just love chit-chatting with movies, and I'm always positive online. I'm never going to give you shit. Except for that one time. Except for that one time. Um, When I I got naked and sent nudes, and, you know, it was a very wiener kind of thing, but, you know, (laughs) pun pun intended. But um, I'm usually on Twitter for the most part, and also, obviously... I write for you guys, uh, Talk Film Society. Yes. So I really enjoy doing that. I love putting my Vulcan staff picks up there. Uh, really love just shooting the shit and again, dragging my girl Sydney into there so she can hit y'all with some beautiful stuff because she's such a smart gal. And I really want her to just have a cool place to come to. And again, bring more ladies to the table. Uh, go women. And uh, that's about it. So just catch me at Talk Film Society. Catch me online, Twitter, and I'm on Facebook, but I really don't give a shit about Facebook. <laughs> I, I post gifts on there pretty much only. Like I, I, I really don't post on there a lot. You know, every now and then I'll poke into your hometown, uh, Pixels and Reels, Matt, and hey. like, and, and I'll pop in there and just say hello and you know throw a silly pic in there. But like for the most part, not a Facebook guy, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Those there. are my plugs. There you go. Uh, Matt, what about you? As usual, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRealMattC, and you can find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I'm watching. And you can find me over there at TalkFilmSociety.com where I'm uh, curating some great old stuff for y'all. Absolutely. and That's at, me. As for me, at Marcelo J. Pico on Twitter. Make sure to follow the Talk From Society 
at TalkFoamSOC. Follow our Instagram. Uh, follow our Facebook. Uh, maybe follow us on Tumblr. Who knows? We have... We, leave, us a, leave us a five-star review and I will give you a present. Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> You have to be a huge fan of the show if you've made it this far, okay? So what? Okay, so let's call this the the Haycast uh, five star review. Matt gives you a DVD contest, okay? DVD. <laughs> These are Blu-rays, my friend. Okay, let's na- let's name it. I'm not a savage. Give us a five star. <laughs> give us a five star review on iTunes, and Matt will give you a free Blu-ray contest. So. Ooh. The first who? The first three people who who do that? You know what? I'm tired. The first two. <gasps> Ooh, the first two. Okay, so now now it's a race. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and and it's, it's, as soon as you do it, uh, I'll figure out a way to contact you. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, we'll figure. He's it gonna out. give these people the lake house. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we don't have two copies of the lake house, so you're safe. <laughs> we only have one. Only got the one. Um, yeah, I love talk from Thank you, Rocky. It's been a hell of a show. Yeah, this uh, was fun. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's it's our longest show yet, but it was worth it. Totally it, worth it. We'll edit it down to forty minutes. <laughs> There's it'll no be, way it'll be a thirty-five <laughs> second episode. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all it'll be. It'll just be like quick sound blurbs, and then you'll get a subliminal feeling of like that was cinema driven. Like, <laughs> yes, that was like a I fun heard show. some, I heard some shit that pertained to movies, but like you know, and they'll fill in the blanks themselves. It will like pioneer this new subliminal yeah, fucking thing. It's a new wave of podcasting. It, it, it we can usher in a new era of like thirty second chunks that just give the essence <laughs> of movie podcasts. Talk films subliminal, copywritten right here. I don't want to hear no motherfucking <laughs> other podcast doing it. This is straight up original content from Rocky Juarez, Marcelo Pico, and Matt Curium. <laughs> End of story. There you go, Matt. Yes. Uh, again, thank you, Rocky. Let's close the show, Matt, with our signature catchphrase. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Yeah, that one. It's a bit. What's what's the deal with that? <laughs> by it's, the way, it's something we've done forever. What is what? What is what? Our 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 bits. Fish, fish bit. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen Hitchhiker's Guide? I have, but I don't remember that. That's what's... the song that all the dolphins sing when they leave Earth. That's right. When the world is ending, they're like, yes. "So long and thanks for all the fish." <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Okay, like <laughs> that that gag is great, and the fucking so whale falling so just... doom. <laughs> oh my god, with the 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 potted plant. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Oh, wow. he's just like so excited, like falling. It's like so good. <laughs> god, I love that fucking movie. Yeah, I do too. Like, I mean, obviously, the, the book is going to be ten times better, but yeah. I think I think the book, uh, the film had heart. I think the film definitely <laughs> went so to some good. cool places. You know what I mean? Alan Rickman, come on, as the paranoid. Hey y'all! Ant- hey y'all! I'm gonna steal this spaceship! Woo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I, I think I love Zaphod Beaverbrocks. He is uh, he's my president. <laughs> yeah, can't beat it, man. Can't beat it. Mm-hmm.